Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What Are You Doing? Movie, go ahead and pop in your DVD or Blu-ray of Dogma. Press play and press pause when the first disclaimer title card fades to black. At the first frame, you receive a ball black. After that, title card fades down. Press pause. In a second, I'll say three, two, one, unpause. At which point, I'll press play, you'll press play, and we'll watch the movie together in perfect sync. It'll be like any other commentary, except, of course, with four friends in your head. Myself, as always, T. Christie, my friend Brian William Fenifter. Greetings. Michael Dorkman Scott. Howdy. And Megan Mayhem. Hello, hello. We've been doing this show for like five goddamn yeah. years, over 200 episodes. Never done Kevin Smith movie before. And this also is, the best Kevin Smith This is movie. absolutely my favorite Kevin Smith movie. I would say it's probably his it's, best one. Yeah. It's, mine, yeah. it's mine as well. And that's an odd opinion. Like, I think we've probably all encountered the thing where everyone's favorite Kevin Smith movie seems to be Chasing Amy. But Dogma, it was interesting because I, I get kind of bummed out about Smith's career. And, you know, I, I enjoy many of his movies. Uh, I think he's a great public speaker and I've enjoyed a lot of his podcasts, but I get kind of bummed about his career because after Dogma, he kind of went back to the well. And I thought that Dogma was an interesting sort of stepping stone in this because you go clerks and you go mall rats then you go chasing Amy. And then it looked like he was sort of dropping some of the immature stuff and just going into smart comedies and then back to the Jane Bob well. And I was a little bit bummed about that because I think Dogma is really great. It's a good idea. It's pretty well executed. I'm, I'm not, I would be the person who I think who knows the least about Catholicism in this room. Uh, but my understanding is it's, it's using many words that appear in Catholicism, but it's not actually, <laughs> yeah. it's not actually holding true to most of the well, basic tenets. Think, even though, think, even uh, the word, even the word dogma is used essentially incorrectly. It talks about this being central to Catholic dogma, but it's actually Catholic doc. Catholic doctrine. And there's also like plenary indulgence doesn't mean what he thinks it means yeah. and all those other things. I was going Beliefs. to Catholic high school at the time of this, so it, it was rang I. very true yeah. to a lot yeah. of that. Not yeah. not like like you say, the words he wasn't quite using the right words, but the the Gestalt. The, yeah. The bureaucracy that, that was all of there. it. Yeah. It, well, it was it's the idea of, of the bureaucracy of the religion and yeah. and the separation of the bureaucracy from the personal aspect of yeah. having any kind of spirit. That's why it bothered me so much, the protesting, because they were protesting because it was like quote unquote making fun of Catholicism, but really it was like a really important statement about Catholicism yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but this movie is is my favorite Kevin Smith movie as of right now. And one of the things that I, I picked up on that I never noticed before is that this is the first of his movies that is filled wall to wall with actual no kidding actors and Jay. Well, as opposed to like most of his friends. Actually, there yeah. was a, there was a, a, a trivia point about how uh, Jason Mewes uh, memorized the entire well, yeah. script for him because he didn't want to look like a chump in front of Alan uh, Rickman. Alan Rickman yeah. yeah, but there's a lot of things about this movie that are slightly different than his other stuff, and the sum of all those slightly different parts makes me like this one more than the others. And we're all gonna just pretend like Red State didn't happen, right? Uh, I would like to do that. Yeah. I think Red State has some interesting aspects to it. I don't think it's a success, but I don't write it off so completely as the way everybody else does yeah we, but we'll, there, we, there we wasn't there was an episode that you guys did an intermission on Red yeah State. yeah yeah and a, a submission a, it was just on the forum yeah which oh, is really yeah. just mostly eddie and to a lesser extent i've never granted. heard eddie hate so hard <laughs> yeah on like anything i've never heard me hate so hard on anything except yeah. for spider-man anyway brian dogma yes uh so uh as it turns out well i'm from new jersey so i'm required to like kevin smith um <laughs> It's a state statute. Uh, but actually, as it turns out, Dogma was the first Kevin Smith movie I saw. And like Mike, I was in Catholic high school at the time. However, were you, I'm assuming you were still religious at the time. I was at the time, yeah. Uh, I was never religious, despite the fact that I went to Catholic school, which, let me tell you, is a very interesting experience. Mm. Um, but yes, it was very much like, you know, learning about all of this stuff you know, in literally religion class and then, you know, seeing a kind of a different take on it on the big screen. Um it, it was very much like I, I could I could see the, you know, the the stuff that doesn't quite make sense about Christianity and Catholicism. Surprise, surprise. I could see it, you know, in class. Uh, and, but then to see somebody else, you know, on the big screen go, yeah, here it is. And, and do it in a very funny and 
on an honest way too. A very funny, honest way, yeah. and, and in a, a very a personal way too, and an affectionate way. An I mean, affectionate way. Smith is a Catholic still. Yeah, this isn't like yeah. an atheist making fun of Catholicism. This is a Catholic dude making jokes about stuff he's had to learn about. Yeah, uh, dogma is is the galaxy quest of Catholicism. <laughs> like it's it's pointing out the stuff that doesn't make sense in an affectionate way, but it's also for, you know in a sincere way, um, and in, you know not in a mean spirit. I'm just trying to take you down, kind of a way. Right. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's a movie that in the end promotes faith. Yeah, it's not it's not tearing it down. Yeah, Dorkman. Yeah, Dogman. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I saw Dogma. Um, I was like you said, I was at Catholic school and religious at the time. I was not Catholic. I was never Catholic. Um, so Wait, how I did was, that work out? How do you? Go, why were you at Catholic school if you weren't Catholic? Turns out you can go to Catholic school even if you're not Catholic. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't realize that was a thing. I thought it was. Because Catholic school, private Catholic schools, sadly, are also often the best schools. Aside from yeah. that, they, they mm-hmm. set aside an hour of your day to teach you about, you know, their magic boxes and stuff. Uh, <laughs> the rest of the stuff is actually very, is actually really They pay teachers well, they curriculum. get good teachers, yeah, all that exactly. stuff. Well, they don't pay teachers well, well but they, they, there's a prestige. Well, they, 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 comparatively to oh, PS105 yeah. or something. They, they at least have No, that. I think, I think they were actually, I think private school teachers are actually paid worse than public school teachers. Yeah. No shit. They, yeah. they at least project an image of being a better school. Yeah. Um, standards but um so i was sent there um to hogwarts yeah <laughs> <only magical. laughs> um pretty much it's a good movie it's a, a strong well-made movie there's like it's just really well constructed there's you know the the whole uh john doe jersey thing it's like he sets up his ending at yeah. the beginning of the movie it's you know there's there's an actual construction there as opposed to just meandering around and you know telling and yet even pictures. within the framework of something that has setups and payoffs the way more traditional movies that are less monologue do he still has time to fill it up with all sorts of fun rants and it has and it has i mean you still get to have all those fun kevin smith that's, dialogue it, that's exactly it he was he was finding a balance between structure and him but but, yeah but bringing his own personality to a properly to a more properly structured movie and and that's what makes this movie unique in general and unique among his projects because this everything else has just been him it's just been right you know his force of personality and wherever he has been at the time and i i feel like that it's just in general he started to become kind of unfocused you know, uh, yeah. You, you know, you see his his uh, his public speaking and stuff like that, and even those have started to become less and less focused. Yes. Um, o- over the years, so I think that's that's transferred into his filmmaking. So this is probably the most focused his his work has been, and like you guys said, it's probably because it was the most personal and the one he'd been working on the longest and stuff like that. But, um, it's it's a really solid movie, and it it is just unfortunate that we didn't get more of this kind of movie yeah. from him. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to talking about this one. Megan Mayhem? Yes. Dogma? Uh, well, um, I, I've been a lifelong atheist. However, I come from an extremely, extremely religious Catholic family and was forced into going to all the schools and, and the rituals and everything my whole life. Did you go to Catholic school? Uh, I, it was like a Sunday school that I did four days a week. But it wasn't like an official public or school I had to go to every day. Right on. Um, my grandma, I was right. I know the least about My Catholic. grandmother's been a Sunday school teacher for the last like 35 years. Right on. Um, and so there's actually something kind of gets touched on in this movie that I can identify with. And it's the fact that like while I never had the belief system, I still find a bit of comfort in the rituals of Catholicism. Like just kind of sitting in a mass, even if I don't believe in what they're saying, just it's kind of like a comfort thing because it's something I've grown up with my mm-hmm. whole life. Um, and, and that's kind of like a point where Bethany's at in this movie where she, she still kind of like identifies with the rituals, even though she has doubts in the, the actual belief of it. 
system. Yeah, and I think there's there's absolutely something to be said for the necessity of ritual in our lives as human beings. Yes. It's routine. It's yeah. well, it's routine, and it's you know, sense of community, and it's a sense of affirmation, and there's all sorts of you know, psychological benefits to you know, participating in communal rituals. It's just a matter of whether those rituals connect to any kind of reality or not. Yeah, which is the question. Anyway, so you're at the point where that first disclaimer title card has faded to black, as I am here. Put your finger on the button. Three, two, one, unpause. And we're in. Also, I'd like to extend an olive branch to all of our more religious listeners than we are. Hi, guys. Uh, <laughs> they, they friggin' know by sorry. now. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. You, you know by now. Um, what do, how do you guys feel about these title cards? These, are, these were clearly added in the editing room when people started picketing and this is going to film fest I'm, and yeah. they, they had to put up some shit. I'm disappointed that filmmakers feel the need to do this. I mean, they're doing it with, with the Noah movie right now. They had to, they had to kind of walk back away from, you know, they're like, oh, inspired by the amazing epic story and blah, 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 of hope and survival and, you know, doing a bunch of stuff to be like, no, no, we love the Bible, you guys, please come yeah. see the movie, as opposed to just like, yeah, it's a guy, he went crazy and built a boat and like, wh- whatever. It, um, this, it does, these title cards say, do give it a very like sort of dangerous, it gives it an edgy feel yeah, to it. But these, but they've also got, they've, um one thing that, that I like about it is this is, this is the opening of Monty Python and and the Holy Grail. Oh, uh, those those the title card has been sacked. Has been sacked. The, yeah, right. the moose and and you know exactly the well. We're sorry. We're sorry for you know. We don't mean to offend you. The platypus is silly. We didn't mean to offend anyone who likes the platypus. You know, the only thing that would have made it more Monty Python is if they'd gone on for five more cards like that. That's Bud Court, by the way. That's Harold of Harold and Maud. Ah, the little oh. kid in Harold and Maud. Oh, weird. Yeah, I know. I didn't know that. Bud Court he is looks God. different with a beard. Yeah. <laughs> And without hair, so <laughs> and old. Does he have his own? Like he has a leopard print vent, a vest. I've never noticed that before. You don't? Well, not on. <laughs> I like the uh, not on my top layer. I like the buzzing flies thing they oh, do yeah. with these guys. You know, because the devil is the lord of the flies. And have you guys ever been business. on a boardwalk? Like, yes. No. It, Actually, because no. no. the boardwalk is uh, kind of another fixture of my of my childhood. Not the Asbury Park one, but you know, the Atlantic City and the Wildwood boardwalks have you, you been know. to this boardwalk uh not the asbury park one no i don't think so um but yeah. you know going to the boardwalk was a thing that we did as a kid why don't yeah. we have them here in la i think nowadays it would be we, well, we kind of like well, uh, well we have but we, we have, have it's always sunny. We, have we have like venice beach What's that? did you see the episode of it's always sunny where they go back to the boardwalk because they remembered it so fondly from their childhood so they go back to new no. jersey as adults and they're like this place sucks new jersey sucks <laughs> they that's totally fair. <laughs> this is ins- this is inspired casting for two reasons. One, I'm just glad that Smith got Carlin to be in a few movies before Carlin died because I've always loved Carlin's acting. Uh, two, it works really. George well Carlin as a George Carlin cardinal as or a bishop, whatever he is, cardinal. Yeah, that's just it's yeah. perfect when yeah. you when you know Carlin's whole stance on religion. It's just hilarious that Smith was like, I want to put George Carlin in a movie. Full stop. Yeah. I want him to play a priest. This yeah. is perfect for for people who don't know. First of all, stop and go listen to a bunch of George Carlin stuff. Uh, but Come he, back when you're done. He's like one of the original, <laughs> just shitting on religion all the time guys in in his acts, and in a way that I think was really um, formative. You know, formative, yeah, because people wouldn't do that. They didn't want to for the same reason that they're putting up even in this movie putting up title cards. It's like oh, we don't want to offend yeah. too many people. But George Carlin did not give a damn, and and you know said that it was him and Bill Hicks and a few other people who were just well, like Mike, no. How about we and, and uh, call us out, Mike? Yeah. You know you can't give any fucks if you don't have any fucks to give. You should also no. notice That's the fact George that uh, if you try real hard, George Carlin is wearing find. a band aid on his hand. 
Mm. And it's because he's hiding his uh, wedding band. Yeah, he wouldn't take it off. Yeah, he wouldn't take it off. Oh. Which is funny because uh, they don't actually have to. They, yeah. they wear wedding rings because they're married to Christ. Right. Yeah. The buddy, uh, I I had actually forgotten until revisiting this. I mean, not really forgotten, but it wasn't really. It didn't reoccur uh, to you. Reoccur to me that this is where the buddy Christ comes from because yeah. that that is something that actually managed to make it into you that that character that that little piece of iconography. The revamped um, corporate has yeah Catholic Jesus as so, it really works. And this whole monologue is great because it's a it's actually a very compelling uh, monologue about how C.S. Lewis is condemning Christianity. But Even though C.S. Lewis would never have known. Oh, yeah. no, Lewis Carroll. Lewis Carroll, sorry. Lewis Carroll, sorry. C.S. Lewis, Lewis wouldn't have. Lewis Carroll might have. <laughs> Lewis Carroll, yeah. Uh, was, in fact, incredibly devout. Mm-hmm. And so would never have would never yeah. have done that. Everything he's saying is nonsense. It's this total is a, bullshit. This is a, a, a Reddit rant here. You know, but. actually, I had a friend uh, many, many years ago who went to Catholic school, and one of her joys was going on rants like this to the nuns and trying to make them cry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I which you can find you know th- that's the thing when whenever somebody has like a conspiracy theory like this it's like you can make that up about anything you can find oh sure these these right i mean ultimately triggers. what's happening here is he's making a point about the metaphor of the story he's not actually like proselytizing right he's in, is, oh yeah but ca- he's inventing a point about the metaphor right. of the story he's he's finding you know he's finding things to support it and just ignoring everything else well it's it's a larger point about religion he's saying look here's this pattern and you know right. isn't this pattern profound when really there's no pattern whatsoever mm-hmm. which but, but might it, be a metaphor com- for religion yeah and and it's just as compelling to her as her <laughs> as, as as the as pattern she's religion. been living yeah. with yeah that a girl Yeah, but again, like he says, like yeah, everything you just said was nonsense. It's like yeah, I know. I just think it's funny. <laughs> he's a troll. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's just trolling. I them. absolutely love the two of them and these characters. Yeah, they're great. It's it's funny because now, so far on, people forget that they used to be a thing. They mm-hmm. were like yeah, you know the the leading man Laurel and Hardy here. Remember Laurel when he was two? Batman and he was Robot Suit Man? <laughs> I mean. uh there was, there was, what was it? There, the, a, a recent, um, oh, while he was making Argo, while while Ben Affleck was making Argo, he was, uh, he was, he made some reference to, uh, I think Eddie was the one who, who talked about this, um, or he had heard the story, but he made some reference to Matt Damon, like, oh yeah, because they were going around sort of the locations where they'd done Goodwill Hunting or something. It's like, oh yeah, that's where we did, but blah, blah blah blah. Yeah. And someone was like, you know Matt Damon, <laughs> and he was like. Is the, the whole that's that's why I'm here? Yeah, his he was like it was so weird for him for that not to be the whole thing about him that people think uh, right. <laughs> nowadays. You the, know that the zeitgeist of him has yeah. moved on into the and evolved into this new thing. Yeah, he's like yeah, he's like my best friend. And we've we were that was we won an Oscar thing. together. Yes. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> People used to mash our names together like they do with fucking couples and stuff. It's, with me and Jennifer. Yeah. And but, then uh, me and the other Jennifer. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure some of those shots were taken from uh, uh, Prince of Darkness. They remind me of... The church <laughs> shots? Of, yeah, some of the church shots in Prince of Darkness. But now the whole... So plenary, here's the guy from... Uh, uh, Clerks. Clerks, yeah. yeah. Uh, but now plenary indulgences... You s- you said that he use he's using it wrong because that was a thing. Plenary indulgence is a thing. The thing, well, indulgences were were a indulgences big thing. are a thing. And and the funny thing is that that it's 
it's very similar to what's going on with Catholicism Wow over here. You know, back in the day, uh, the the church was having some trouble with with money PR, and stuff like that, and PR, yeah. and basically <laughs> said the, the nun in the background. I'm sorry, yeah. it's just like oh yeah, it's a great out. background gag because she's like she's losing it. She's <laughs> yep. she's gonna yeah. go on her rumspringer now. Um, she uh, the idea with indulgences was basically Catholic. The Catholic uh, afterlife is complicated because they've got purgatory and stuff like that. And the idea is you, if you die, you don't go straight to heaven or hell. You go to purgatory and purgatory is the step on the way to heaven basically yeah um it, god's waiting room yeah it's a way no, wait, that's florida sorry yeah <laughs> it's basically it's based the idea of purgatory is basically you are going to get to go to heaven because you you know you've been good enough to go to heaven but not right away yeah. so you have to atone to a certain degree in purgatory yeah, you have to for, a, spe- for a certain period of time you have to you have to do groundhog day in purgatory you have to learn to to earn yeah. your way into heaven and, and be there for a while until uh, you you've kind of worked off your your sin in yeah. a way. Um, you've you've been forgiven, but you can't come join the party right away. Yeah. And so the idea with indulgences is, well, you know, you can pay for a fast pass though. You can give me if you give me a thousand bucks, I can I can knock a hundred years <laughs> off your time in purgatory. And that was the idea of indulgences. Yes. Yeah. God, Catholicism is weird. Wait, wasn't there Catholic- actually there was wasn't there a priest at the Vatican who was like taking bribes so that he was going to save people's souls oh, and get them into heaven? Yeah, it, it, it was. It, 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 it was. Yeah, it was. That was that's, the system. Was yeah. you you pay money to the church and you get a an indulgence well, which that's is a thing. get out of hell free card you basically. can you can pay and you could pay it for other people and that that was the thing you could no. pay for your loved ones to spend less time in purgatory and get to get to heaven uh quicker it's a good um, system if you can make it yeah <laughs> and so um i can't i i read about i can't quite remember what plenary indulgence was but it was i think a plenary indulgence was it just kind of wiped out everything everything in terms of in terms of your the 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 time that you had to pay, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't. It, it's not like it's shown here where your sins are forgiven by the indulgence. You have to ask for the forgiveness separately, but the amount of time you have to pay spend atoning for those sins is wiped away. So once it is forgive, what once you get the go to confession and get it forgiven and stuff, uh, then you're 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 that, that's, that's splitting. What's hairs. interesting is I well, was, of course it is. Well, no, no, <laughs> I, no. I mean, I, I, yeah, it is. But I mean, it's. I think it's splitting hairs to criticize Kevin Smith for getting that wrong. Oh, okay. Because it's yeah, but it's well, it's such it's five technicalities it's wrapped very inside conf- of each other. They're all very confusing. It's like understanding kind of football. I don't get it. Yeah. Anyway, but I was actually on a uh, a website like a Christian movie review website, and their review for Dogma. There was an essay called "The Dogma of Dogma" or something like that, which is basically just not even really reviewing the movie so much as like separating out like no no that's okay. Just in terms of the dogma itself, here's this is wrong, this is wrong, that's wrong, this is wrong. And one of the interesting things I took away from that is, according to the actual rules. Uh, most of what they do in this movie could have been circumvented because what they actually need is baptism. Mm. And baptism would be a one... They, they could do it to each other in a pinch if they had to. But and that, that would clear... The, they don't have to go all the way to Jersey to pull off what they're trying to pull off given the otherwise setup. But, yeah. but, Te- they're, but they're not humans. Baptism is for humans, not for angels, I believe. It's that, been a that, long time. There, there is... I, I mean, there is an aspect to that. Angels wouldn't have... There wouldn't have been rules for that because <laughs> angels wouldn't have had to be baptized. The, the, you know, this, yeah. this story alone. Because baptism is to get rid of original sin. Right. And angels don't or, have that. Yeah, original sin is unique to humans. No, they would have like, cut, I think it was cut off their wings and then baptized. Oh. But they, oh, okay. they, but so they could have done that in Wisconsin right. and, and achieved basically what the end goal of this movie is. But they, well, they would have had to cut off their wings <laughs> to turn human. 
then baptize themselves. Then, then but die. then they then they and would then, have had to commit suicide, which is a sin, and yeah. they wouldn't have gotten. Well, well, they the way they do it in the movie is they do suicide by cop. Right. Yeah. Right. But it doesn't. I guess it wasn't going to count, or they assumed it wasn't going to count that way if if they've been killed by someone else. So it doesn't count as a suicide if somebody else does it. I don't know. But you're right. It would have been. It still would have been a suicide based on intention. Which, yeah. Linda which Fiorentino you think, showed which you up. God would be able to see through. Yeah. Linda Fiorentino th- showed up for like two movies in the 90s and then she went away again. That's well, apparently she's incredibly difficult to work yeah, with. Yeah. Kevin Smith was saying that he absolutely hated well, working Well, then again, with he said that about many people. Yeah. Uh, Kevin's, I, I, I think Kevin Smith is probably the problem in, in those situations. <laughs> However, the same thing was said about her on the Men in Black set. So I yeah. think there is certainly some truth to the fact that they gave her a shot because she is good. She's good in both movies, but... I don't think she's like actually that great. Hollywood, Hollywood kind of went, you know what? Not worth it. Not yeah. that good. Yeah. <laughs> Not good enough for that. She's very pretty. She's pretty, but she just... You can almost tell that she just doesn't care about being there. Yeah, that's just resting bitch face. Could be anything. <laughs> right, uh, Megan? I like... I, I understand I, her plight. I think, it, <laughs> I think the... the casual her her casualness and the the performances you could interpret That's it character as, i think though. yeah you could interpret it as her kind of phoning it in but i think it works in both cases in in this and in uh i'm so charmed by jason lee's existence ah uh, because you guys know his story right i just cannot get over the unibrow like it's all i look at yeah well he, he looks better with facial hair of some sort i think it looks best with a beard I think he looks best and almost famous, but I just love that this guy who's a pro skateboarder, but he was always really smarmy and like class clowny, wanted to get into acting, ended up in acting, and it just fucking worked immediately. And everyone's like, yeah, we that guy should be in stuff. I like him. And then there's the whole giant Scientologist thing. Well, that too. (laughs) My my favorite Jason Lee role is almost famous, though. He is so freaking perfect in that movie. Nice. That's good CG effect. That's a good effect. Not bad there. 97, 98? Yeah. Uh, That said, I actually think that Jason Lee isn't a great actor. I just like his charisma. Yeah. Usually, yeah. usually he looks a little line performing. Yeah. But that also might just be Kevin's writing. It it is Kevin's writing because uh, anytime they're Pick that up. Anytime they're being <laughs> really both. Shakespearean in this in this movie, it if you feel Well also like there's, there, there's really no actor who can legitimately pull off bullshit. Eateries that operate within the designated square downstairs qualifies food court. Anything outside of said designated square is considered an autonomous unit for mid-mall snacking. No, Patrick Plausibly. Stewart could totally pull that off. I love the Hellboy <laughs> shirt, by the way. Oh, I had noticed that. <laughs> yeah. It's rocking a Hellboy. I get it. Go. Because he's, he's a fucking demon. He's a Hellboy. I like that where, where the little note of the, of the central air thing where he's like, I just came from hell. If I'm going to have a headquarters, it's going to be nice and comfortable. So I have to find a place <laughs> with central air. I'm not going to be standing by the window with that box. <laughs> <laughs> I love Alan Rickman. I love that Alan Rickman did this movie. Yeah. This is I love a- him in this movie. Aside from Galaxy Quest, this is my favorite Alan Rickman role. This was, I believe this is my introduction to Alan Rickman. I, I, think, I think it, it might have been mine as well. Saw. I think it might have been mine This is before well. Galaxy Quest. Yeah. So, yeah, it would have been. Unless you had seen Die Hard. I think it was this. No, I, I don't think I had. I hadn't seen the first Die Hard at this point. So I think I saw this and then Galaxy Quest and then decided Alan Rick was, would, Rickman was my favorite person of all time. Yeah. She has no butt. Hey, man. Well, he has no balls. So, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? So it works. <laughs> Wait, how? But not the not, not Alan, Alan Rickman, Rickman, his character, the character. Metreon. Metatron, yeah. Metatron. No, I was just trying to figure out how that connection was made just now. It's the, well, just, just things are happening down there as well. <laughs> or not happening. As or not. As yeah. the case may be. <laughs> I love his hair in this, too. He looks so cool. I mean, it's no Snape hair, but... I looks do so much better than Snape hair. 
I, I do think it's funny. It's like, where does he get off being pissed off? He just burst into her house. On fire. On fire. <laughs> <laughs> like, bossing her around in her bedroom. <laughs> it's like, well, because he's, he's like the almighty messenger. Right. And if she were a real Catholic, she would have been like, holy yeah. shit. <laughs> oh, another thing from that uh, the essay on the, on the website I read. Uh, but she's acting it, like a person would in this actual yes. situation, which S- is great. Seraphim is plural. <laughs> he yeah. should say, I am Seraph. a seraph. Yeah. Yeah. And then once he leaves, he can say, now I'm about to be sans serif. Uh, (laughs) This has been What Are You Doing Movie. You can always find more episodes at fringeofyourhead.com. I hate you all. (laughs) I enjoy your suffering. He wouldn't have called her His his groin patch looks a little too sweaty. Humans that way. But yeah. I feel like they should have like patted it down. That's an awkward PA job. Can you you please de-sweatify Alan Rickman's fupa? (laughs) Yeah. Mm. But I mean, it, it does. It's it's nice and it's appropriate in the sense that it's a little mechanical here. Um, yeah, clunk, but still really good. When you're oh, you're about not impressed. The actual the actual design is really pretty. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, he's just as like pissed off at humans as Matt Damon and Ben Affleck in true. terms That's of like true. he's well, just he's just as annoyed. Maybe not just as, but he's he has that same annoyance and frustration with kind of the inferiority of humans yeah. and then like the. Being uh, not satisfied with that system, he's just not going to the lengths that yeah. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. He's like, are. but God likes it, so that's yeah. all. all yeah, basically, all the Metatron off. becomes a grizzled old cop angel. They're all pissed off about the fact that God loves humans. You're going to give me an ulcer. Yeah, but some of them are like, well, some of them love God more than their anger, True. and some of them don't. That's True. kind of the the story of uh, what's become the story of the fallen angels that doesn't really exist in the Bible, but that's, you know, paradise lost and stuff like that really codified that. Did you, I'm assuming at some point that you read the Bible start to finish. Do you ever do that? I don't think I ever really no. bothered to. I, I read enough of it to be like, nah, no, <laughs> but not what's the Leviticus two fourteen? Yeah. I wouldn't be able to do the that. The righteous man is beset <laughs> on all sides. <laughs> that's not even from the Bible. So there's this guy, like five right? Words, and he's like chilling with some sheep, right? <laughs> I'm trying real hard. No, I tried. Ringo. I tried at one point, and I was like, "This is gibberish." I can't. <laughs> it's so. I'll let the priest tell me what is useful. That's how it happens because you because you read it, and it's so mind numbing. I've just, never noticed when you hear him talking, it's a little bit more chummy. But when you're not hearing his voice and just watching his face, he looks really pissed in that whole scene. Like yeah. he looks actively angry and malicious. Yeah. Dos tequilas, por favor. This definitely makes me want to do shots. Yeah. And then spit them back out again. Well, I, want, I just want Mexican food. <laughs> Who doesn't? Right? Are there other movies that are like this? Are there other like high? Uh, I would say highbrow, but Golgothan. But like highbrow, articulate, witty religious comedies. I guess Bruce um, Almighty. Don't say Legion. It wasn't meant to be funny. <laughs> I was saying Bruce Almighty. Bruce Almighty's up there. That's I guess kind of the same yeah. thing. Sort of the same zone. Evan Almighty. I never saw that one. I heard bad things. Nobody it was very saw expensive. That one. <laughs> yeah. I actually yeah. did see that one. It was very expensive and forgettable. <laughs> mm. That's rough. Just like Linda Fiorentino. <laughs> Not really. It was just a joke. It was there. It wasn't about you, Linda. Sorry. This, was this one shot by Dave Klein? No. Because this is a good looking movie. I know. You watch this. You're like, this one looks like a real DP shot, it, actually. But Dave Klein got better. I mean, the early stuff, you know, wasn't great, but he's now actually a solid DP who could do real looking work as opposed to clerks chasing amy which looks really really cheap what he was still i mean he was still learning then and it was they're supposed to feel cheap so no this is uh what's what's this guy's name hold on 
Damn it. Uh, Robert Yemen, who also did, uh, he did, he's done most of Wes Anderson stuff since. Oh, um, cool. He also did Bridesmaids, uh, Yes Man. Um, right but on. yeah, he's, he's, he's Wes Anderson's go-to guy now. The thing I was saying earlier is there's a lot of subtle differences about this that makes it feel different than most Kevin Smith movies. One of them that I picked up on recently is this is cast wall to wall with actors. Like most Kevin Smith movies, at least most of the formative, the, like the first five of them, the Jersey trilogy. Right aren't there there are people well, that they didn't that exactly have, have the budget well, yeah, to get well, those kind of well, actors well i know i know I'm, I'm not i'm just saying prescriptively they have a different vibe because they're mostly friends of his that that could act as opposed to people who are already famous because they act so well right and this is cast largely with people who have an established acting career you put that together with a more developed script with a better dp or at least a dp who's farther along in his career at the time of the movie and you end up with a movie that it, it sits on top of the other ones. It's just better in all the little different ways that matter. What's the What's the main guy from Mallrats? The actual like romantic lead. Uh, I remember his name. Uh, shit. Because I mean, Mallrats was the one like, oh, let's give this Clerks guy a real movie. Yeah. Uh, and it's Shannon Dougherty. Jason London. Yeah. Jeremy London. Jeremy, Jeremy London. London. That's right. Yeah. So it's at least those two are the real actors, and everybody else is mm-hmm. Kevin Smith's friend. And um, Claire Forlani. Claire Falani, yeah, who I. She's another one of those really, really pretty praying mantis types that Trey mm-hmm. doesn't get into, and I really think are cute. Yep. Anyway, I've always been. It's always kind of bothered me that they they made Matt Damon's character Loki. I'm like Why? that's not because that's Norse mythology. That's not Catholic mythology at all. Doesn't it show up in Greek mythology too, though? Because they Loki, th- no. They lift a few things from Greek mythology in this movie, or at least that's what that article was saying. What? No. What? What? I, I don't know. I was, that's something I read by someone who was talking about whether or not dogma was right about catholicism maybe so struct- I, I, maybe structurally they lift some stuff from greek mythology but loki loki is the trickster god i mean as we should know from avengers now i guess uh you know he's the trickster god of norse mythology Azrael is an actual angel uh but and i, I he's the angel of death if i'm not mistaken <laughs> <Yes>. but um <laughs> so yeah that's it's it's all mess and it always kind of bothered me but i was like whatever it's a comedy and they're just making shit up anyway so it's fine yeah I mean, they, it, it's weird. They, they talk about, you know, uh, God, God, God has to be infallible or else everything gets Nothing destroyed, is right. which is fine uh, because that's, those are stakes. Cool. But then they make jokes about, you know, God killed five atoms before realizing that he couldn't talk directly to Adam. And it's like, that seems like a fallibility problem there. They're like, <laughs> you think God would know better? That's well, a very so, good point. Well, but nobody proved that uh, yes, wrong. But yeah. it is also a new toy. It's true. Yeah, and it, and it it also doesn't make any less sense than actual Christianity. It's true. I mean, the, the, Let, let's not forget that the Bible has two diametrically opposed creation stories. Yeah. One right after the, the problem, other, right at the beginning. Really, the problem with doing religious movies what? is that uh, you, gotta, you, gotta, you have to pick a thing. kind of religious adventure movies like this is always the fact that you literally have Deus Ex Machina waiting in the wings. It's like if 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 it. If it's really this big a deal, why doesn't God get involved? And you have to go through all of these convolutions in these stories, and even the real religions have to go through these convolutions yeah. to justify why God doesn't get involved when... Which this movie has to do. Well, I mean, this just like like a time travel movie. You kind of have to have the suspension of disbelief because it is still, you know, a fictitious yeah. piece. It's, you know, it's, same it's, thing as like watching CSI and being like, that's not real science. It's like, well, yeah. okay, take some liberties and you and there and there are only but there are only certain liberties you're you're allowed to take when i was um when i was working on the descendants thing that was the thing about angels and demons and stuff like that and uh, i had a scene where it was raised the question it's like if this is such a big deal why doesn't god get involved and there was this 
the the one I wrote, which they were totally not okay with, was the the nice Templar basically being like, yeah, don't tell anyone, but God can fuck up. Like we don't let people know that, but like that's not a, that's God not a cure all. The ball at least yeah, once. that's not a cure all. Like that'll you know he's not infallible, and if we let people know that, it'll be friggin' anarchy. So we cannot let people know that. So it's, but, it's and and they were totally like, nope, can't have that in there. Not gonna work. And I was like, but then then what's that, the answer? That, that, that quest, yeah, then what is the answer yeah. to that question? They're like, oh, you know, free will or whatever. I was like, I I don't accept that yeah. <laughs> as a person, and I don't want to make the audience expect that. Make, but. Mm-hmm. So, um, so really, in the, in that scenario, God is like the Hulk. Like you can unleash him, yeah. you just don't know which direction he's going to go, how it's going to yeah. go. And I, l- it, I like that line a lot, by the way. Sex is a joke in heaven. From what I understand, it's kind of a joke down yeah, here. Yeah, that's too. a great joke. My, uh, my, uh, another movie that would go on the shelf next to this one. It's not a comedy, but Constantine. And it occurred to me yeah. once, as soon as I thought of Constantine, what I'm honing in on is, uh, like Bible retcon or Bible Rosencrantz and Guildenstern things where someone is taking the bible and like reinterpreting it in an interesting way to allow for a story to happen that's this and uh and constantine yeah constantine is also as far as like dogma and doctrine goes it's pulling from a few sources total nonsense i mean it's not it's it's i really like doing its own thing but no i i'm not complaining i'm just saying it's you're yeah it's doing its own thing okay i'm gonna i'm gonna be real with you i liked gavin rossdale in it (laughs) (laughs) we like the movie you know oh yeah we we love constantine (laughs) We're on record. Yeah. He goes, Smith goes so far out of his way to make this prophet wordplay work. <laughs> make myself a prophet. <gasps> he said prophet. Yeah. <laughs> right. Probably because he felt really clever writing it down. Let me ask you this. To make sure. Obviously, we don't live in a world wherein this could have ever happened because Smith was really into Jay and Bob at this point. But do you think this movie is better without Jay and Bob? No. No, I think that's what gives the movie so much of its levity. Him personality. Yeah. Um, and that, that I, think was fasc- I think it's mostly Bartleby and Loki. That, it was a, it, that was a fascinating. They have all thing. the best Kevin Smith lines. That was a really fascinating, maybe, but it was Genocide, a really fascinating soccer. thing at a to- at the time that he was making these quite so, sort of wildly different types of movies with this through line of these two characters that made it unique, like the R two and three PO of the yeah Husky universe, a- and 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 then he gave them their own movie, and that was kind of the beginning of the end, but. Yeah. Um, the fact that they tied together, you know, they tied together oh, Dogma a, and Chasing Amy. It's like, what is that? That's that crazy. was a nice little push pull he did right there. It was very subtle, but it was good. Uh, with her like leaning up, uh, sitting up against the car, mm-hmm. he kind of like is pulling in, and but also uh, zooming out, so the ratio is changing, but the composition is staying the same. See, he cool. was directing there, yeah, or or the DP was, <laughs> yeah. So why have you guys, I think, I think it sort of happens for everyone who likes movies that you go through a phase where you're all about Kevin Smith and then you kind of get out of it. <laughs> yeah. You know, everyone kind of just, I it, absolutely it's like, a, it's like, it's a phasing thing of film appreciation matcher. Tarantino's in there too. I think he's yeah, after, definitely. he's after yeah. Kevin Smith. Yeah. yeah. What, why is it that we move on from Kevin Smith? Because, people, well, it's the same thing I said about Chasing Amy. It's like you matured, but the movies yeah, didn't. Yeah, definitely. I, it's, you know, after it's, a while you don't giggle at the same dick jokes. Yeah. I, I I think we've had this conversation about Tarantino before. It's it's where like it's the, the personality of the director is conspicuous enough that you can latch onto it as I am a film fan, and this is conspicuous enough of a thing for yeah. me to latch onto. And then eventually, and I mean that's the beginning of having a taste. 
beginning of having a taste in anything is having bad taste in something. <laughs> uh, which is not to say that. Well, yeah, taste is being able to identify preferences. Yeah, it's a, and it, that's a very identifiable preference. And so to start yeah, with. yeah. So the first step of that is just having preferences that are conspicuous enough to identify. And, right. So you can look at this and go, I know it's this an is unsubtle a, preference. I know this is a Kevin Smith film, so I can say I can identify with that aspect of it. Well, and it's sort of you know Kevin Smith and and this. It, you know, it, it may not be a phase that people go through in the future or, or anymore, you know, now that he's he's not as big of a thing. But generationally, it's like everybody watched Kevin Smith movies around the time that they became the 20 something who didn't really know what he was going to do right. with his life. And, and you know, yeah. so there's clerks and, and, you know, struggling with issues of sexuality and love and stuff like that. And there's chasing Amy and probably struggling with, with religion and there's dogma. And it's there's sort of this. There's this aspect where, like we're talking about, he's bringing his own personality to these movies, so they're not the cookie cutter. Every movie you see at the at right, the, it's his take on it so much that it's different. Yeah, and so it it's like this really safe sort of outsider art. It's it doesn't it's not threatening to you. Like I don't quite understand what's going on here, and it's freaking me out. It's it's something that is easy for you to get a handle on and grasp. And, and it's go, not pandering is, to the twenty somethings yeah, too. This is speaking to me. This is made by someone who is like me. Yeah. Um. And I think I think there's that aspect too, where you feel like this could have been one of your buddies. Who just who got just lucky got lucky and made it and you're kind of rooting for him as right, well yeah. and you're going along with him on the this is by the way my favorite scene in the movie in terms of dialogue especially the soccer joke is just mm. hilarious but I wonder if I'm just now noticing that with the exception of Red State uh, Dogma is the only Kevin Smith movie where you can make a pretty strong case that it's about ideas more than characters most of these movies are about characters talking to each other and having yeah, little personal struggles yeah. this one is largely an idea movie. Hmm. And um, I wonder if that's why it sticks up longer, just because the idea, the, the dynamic that you might be attracted to in two characters talking to each other with a certain level of maturity will not mature. As you get older, you'll have more experiences and they will just look more and more like idiots the older you get. When it comes to the ideas, it, at least it's a statement that stands on its own disregarding well, the yeah, people the, in it. The other movies are the ones that you kind of grow out of and this is the one that you kind yeah, of Yeah, like we keep coming back to this all, one. Yeah. I mean, I, I get in the mood to watch Clerks or something every now and then and I'll watch it, but this is the one that this this, this stays on the shelf. <laughs> yeah. God, look how skinny Kevin Smith is in this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, oh, I i what a horrible thing to say like <laughs> what a backwards i really no, I mean it, he's in on the joke at this point too yeah yeah no i sort yeah of. he's the first one that will call himself fat but yeah to, yeah he was but, always fat and then to call a fat person oh yeah you used to be skinny yeah when they were st- when they were fat they although just, there's 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 a number of different you know it's like even when you're talking about, wow you're looking really skinny it's like oh so i was fat before great thanks <laughs> that's cool Thanks, though. I'm sure at this point, Kevin Smith would be like, oh, man, if only I could look like that again. Yeah. yeah. Just imagine how depressed you would be, though, if you were Kevin Smith that day and someone from the future said, man, you were so skinny at this point. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah what's gonna, what's gonna, am I going to go Orson Welles? What's going to happen to me? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I always liked his Silent Bob performances. I always thought he did a really good job of not... not Sometimes overdoing it, sometimes, but he does overdo it more than I would like. Well, and yeah, I, doesn't I, he speak more in this movie than any other movie? He's, no, he no, the most he speaks is chasing, chasing Amy. Amy. He yeah. has a monologue. Oh, but, you're right. Uh, she, yeah, the whole title monologue. Uh, but something I noticed about uh, his performance as Silent Bob is something I would never have picked up on unless I had done a, a little. I was like in a thing where I was acting, and I knew I didn't have lines. Uh, as opposed to not having anything to say right now, when you know you don't have lines your face moves differently mm. because you're 
in your head, you're being all Buster Keaton about it and you have to mime and and be as expressive as possible because you know you're not going to open your mouth and talk. And as opposed to just sort of reacting but not saying anything, you end up performing your face more than I think you really should. Well, And that happens with him sometimes. Well, Silent silent Bob... He gets Sil- he gets Silent- really like Acme hold up right. a sign while E. Coyote but, about but it. But Silent Bob's thing definitely is that he is he is speaking with his facial expressions. It's not it's not that he's just reacting. It's that that is the way he that he he is talking. There's also a big difference as being an actor that knows the lines that are coming up versus being the director that wrote the lines that are coming up. So that's a different kind of reaction you're going to have as well. That's true, but I, I was uh, part of part of why I I like his performance is that he manages to even though he wrote all the lines and he's directing him, you know, when he's supposed to look surprised, he manages to to look yeah. surprised and yes. and stuff like that. I think he does, and and particularly for not for not being an actor very much, which is I believe why he gave himself silent. Bob yes, originally. he's like, no, I'm a terrible actor. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's got to say something when he's like, I am too terrible of an actor to speak. And he gives Jason, Jay, you can have some yeah, lines. Yeah. I was like, man, how bad are you? <laughs> I, love, I do love the line Jason Mewes saying, I'll scream rape. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love that. What I love about that line is the edit of it because it's so instant. Like yeah. the second she like touches him. <laughs> I'll scream rape. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact, and, and it, it's little things like that are what made at, at this time to, to me made Jay such a fascinating character because it's like the fact that his mind went there <laughs> immediately he's got this whole like prepared other world that he's experiencing right uh, yeah, now yeah exactly what I need to go back and revisit Jersey Girl I remember I only saw it once but I remember liking it a lot oh god I forgot about that one I remember <laughs> thinking I, I, I remember my reaction being I went into it knowing that it's a joke among Kevin Smith and his fans that Jersey Girl is the bad one. And I remember going into it knowing that and walking out of it going, I think I really liked that movie more than I like most of his movies. But I haven't seen it since then. So I don't know if that was just a my expectations were set low sort of deal. Uh, but that's the only one that I haven't seen repeatedly. I don't think I've ever seen Jersey that Girl. That line is one of the worst delivered lines in the entire movie. Gear! Gear. Yeah. Yeah. But so, so Jersey Girl might not sit with what I was saying earlier about Smith stuff. I haven't seen that one enough recently and I've still never seen cop out. Oh God. Cop out. Oh God. So bad. You were let down because you read the script first too. That too. Cause it was so good. And then I read, saw the movie. I'm like, what the hell is this? What is he doing? How do you fuck that up? Yeah. Mm. It, it really was like, just point a camera at people saying these things and it will be brilliant. And, and he had to, kevin smith it up do you still have the that script somewhere yeah sure you send it to me i want to read it yeah because i'm gonna like that more than the movie anyway then i can do that yeah just (laughs) just make the pictures in my head i like the fact that ben and matt were apparently okay with doing this not saying yes to being in this movie but okay they they were okay with being in movies together as like a an actor couple Mm -hmm. repeatedly i just think that's so cute that they do that because everyone kind of wanted to see it anyway because we liked our dynamic and they are both individual people who went on to have separate good illustrious careers, but they were both okay with being like, yeah, I, I, I see why you'd want to cast both of us and well, not were, being like, guys, come on. That was one movie. Yeah. Well, they're real world friends, not only with each other, but with Kevin Smith. That's how he didn't well, yeah. get, he didn't get them because he was getting a bunch of real actors. Like he got them because he knew yeah, them. Yeah. They, they just, yeah. And they happened to, in fact, uh, it's actually kind of like, like a Redford Newman thing. They shot, they shot this the night after they won their Oscar. Are you serious? They shot this scene that that we're watching right now the night after they won their Oscar and and oh, wow. because I remember 
watching the behind the scenes and the commentary that he was like, they, this scene took forever because they, there was no wrong cloud nine. <laughs> there was no dealing with them that <laughs> night <laughs> because they were just so, so, um, you know, he got this one and then there's like an outtake where he just let them improv and do their own thing because he's like, fine, you want an Oscar for your writing. So why don't you go ahead and do whatever you want to do and get it out of your system. Please bestow upon us your genius. And, uh, you know, he's like, I I don't like letting people improv in my movies, but I just, fine, I let them do it to get it out of their system. And and that's not what I used, but, uh, you know, they got it out of their system and they were happy. That is a big ass gun. Yeah. Which is your least favorite Kevin Smith movie? At this point, I would allow allowable mulligan for um, Jersey Girl, but I haven't seen Jersey Girl. Yeah. Uh, definitely cop out then. And uh, I would say, okay, I would uh, say, written and directed by set. Uh, I guess Mallrats maybe. Probably Mallrats, just because it's the one I'm least. I've I've seen it like once, and I'm least inclined to yeah. to ever fancy seeing it again. Whereas I would be. I make this joke all the time now. Whose house? Yeah. Ron's house. And, and like, Martin. Yeah, th- that whole thing. He was. This is <laughs> this is them on cloud nine after their Oscar. Still, like you know, the next night, and this is an improv. And he's like, that cost us like fifteen grand licensing that shit that he just did off the head. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's a really clever little scene. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, it costs us a ton of money ad libbing that. Oh, this is such a great introduction. Chris Rock Black also literally falls out of the sky. I think Chris Rock does an okay job here. Uh, I don't think he ever really drops the ball, but I, <laughs> he, he dropped two of them. <laughs> but I also get a little bit of not an actor hit off of him at this point. I've seen him do better performances since here, but I get a very line ready take off of him. A lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I think it's just Kevin Smith is not a great director. Character Kevin, director. Well, Kevin's and and <laughs> what he's writing. He does Okay, in your defense, Mike, that was a perfect Smith face when <laughs> like he's in the middle of a thing and then he's just like, What the fuck yeah. just happened? Like he looked surprised as hell. He's not he's not he doesn't write naturalistic dialogue. That's the interesting I like think like stylized dialogue. Uh, yeah. He he writes super stylized dialogue and there's a certain I think Who pulls it off the best? The Rickman. In- Rickman certainly pulls it off really well. Um, I I think in you his, can kind of assume that he just speaks like that on a daily yeah. basis. In his in his earlier films, I think I think one of the things about it is a lot of the people around him pulled it off because I they probably all really speak that way yeah. or that's a heightened version of, of the their way actual that, of the way they speak. Yeah. And that but then when you give it to other actors outside of that circle, it becomes kind of a mouthful and it's it's difficult to get into that if that's not the, your kind of ver- vernacular. Yeah, I just think it's it, yeah, it's exactly that. It's it's stylized dialogue and you either have to have a really incredible actor that can pull off dialogue that does not sound like human speech. Yeah. And a Shakespearean trained actor <laughs> is great for that. It sounds natural coming out of his mouth. If, if you learn how to speak Shakespeare as if it were real, a real human being speaking, yeah. you can pretty much say anything. Yeah. Well, yeah. Which, but isn't, which, the trick, isn't, fair, the, isn't the trick with Shakespeare that basically forget the words, make those sounds, and just imagine that you're just trying to do the entire scene by making random noises, but do it with compassion and like enthusiasm and really try to sell those sounds you have and to, then those sounds happen to actually be words too you have to under uh, basically more or less you, you understand the underlying meaning of the right words. right and yeah, you just sort of get through them as yeah. if that as if what you're saying actually makes sense to say in a conversation yeah there was actually one of the um in high school one of the 
we, we took a trip to New York, and one of the things we did was uh, this acting class in New York. Actually, one of the exercises the guy had us do, I, I still remember, it's still like a really interesting, I think very helpful one, is he had this guy and this girl improv a scene, and he said, okay, the circumstances around this scene are you guys are getting in a fight, and she wants to break up with you, and you're asking why, and you, know, you play, play out that scenario. But you can't use actual words. All you can do is say one, two, three, four over and over again. And so they just went right through on. the thing. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. And it's it sounds kind of weird, but it's 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 separating that idea of the text and the subtext of right. what the words are versus what the emotional intention behind what you're saying is. And change, you know, you're not you're not saying these words. You're insert verb here. You're accusing. You're forgiving. You're betraying. You're lying. Yeah. You're doing whatever. Uh, and so to do that with Shakespeare is probably the hardest, you know, uh, instance of doing that. Uh, but that's that's the core, uh, the core skill involved. And it's just a matter of how how unnatural are the words written down for you. And Shakespeare is the most unnatural. It's Shakespeare's flat out high. Poetry. It's Lorem Ipsum. It's like, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, so and, and I mean, it it's uh, even back then it was nobody talked like yeah, that. Nobody talked then. like that in Shakespeare's time. Yeah. People people understood it better because it was close. So William it was Shakespeare a, it was, a heightened was the Kevin Smith of the romance era. It kind of. I mean, it, uh, to an extent, I mean, he had poop and fart jokes too. Yeah, he, <laughs> so, and he made up a lot of his own words, yeah. which we use now. But yeah, eyeball, eyeball is a word Shakespeare made up. <laughs> it's true. And also, by the way, Shakespeare made, uh, wrote really bad plays. He wrote bad plays. Yeah, we just don't so, remember because yeah, we just <laughs> don't talk about those. All <laughs> Hamlet is the dogma of Shakespeare's career. Yeah. This got weird. Yeah. <laughs> it, really, if if Kevin Smith had continued along the trajectory the, the trajectory that this showed, he probably would have gotten to be like a, a fu- you know fundamental thing where it's like that's fuck. Don't try to be Kevin Smith, but try yeah. to be Kevin Smith. You yeah. know, I strive wish, for I, Kevin Smith. I just, just wish he followed that path. I mean, it's totally presumptuous for me to say that, but I just wish he hadn't gone the other way on that one. And like, dude, you're putting yourself out there, and this isn't a perfect movie, but. This is an interesting goddamn movie that it looks like someone really worked hard on, and it has quite a bit of Artur yeah. smell on it. I mean, it. I mean, there's so much, there's so much that a studio would never have made this movie. There's so much that went well. A studio did make this. Well, movie. I mean, That's like, why I got this much it, money. But this, this would always be a written and directed by sort so of thing. I'm, I'm just curious, right here, where did Rufus get clothes at movies? Uh, He's I, wearing a movies uniform. Yeah. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So they probably like paid a somebody. Jacket there. and clothes and everything. It's like it's like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Rufus just punched a guy and took his clothes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the on his, the on his smoke fit. break. Yeah. He was. Um, yeah. I. I, uh, I don't remember what we were just talking about. Actually. Uh, oh. Uh, no, Kevin Smith. Studio. Oh yeah. Smith, yeah. Um. I just wish he had yeah. gone in the like. This is a movie the pro- where I mean, uh, well, if more people had say- liked this movie, I think he would have felt encouraged to write. I think to aim because previously his thing was immature, crass, funny. This is adding smart to that pile. Like yeah, this is a I movie think- where he's cl- it's ideas and he's really thinking shit I, out. By the way, I, w- I wish he had stayed on that. I want to put out there that what we're saying right now about dogma is exactly the way I feel about Tarantino and Jackie Brown. Um, but uh, interesting, he had ke- there was a lot of personal stuff going on uh, in Kevin Smith's life. Um, that that he talks about, you know, openly. It's not like I know him personally, and I'm he he put it out. Trust. Yeah, he put it out <laughs> on the internet. Um, you know, you can he he wrote this entire uh when he was keeping a blog, he wrote this whole story about his relationship with Jason Muse and yeah. Muse going in and out of addiction and rehab and stuff like that. And so there was this underlying thing with their relationship going on. That's where the that's uh where 
at least one of the, the little Alan places. Rickman the Alan Rickman thing comes where it's from. It's like, Jay, you have to be on top of this shit. Don't slip. Yeah, we're, because we're dealing, we got Rickman in this Because movie. exactly like you were saying, right. it's like we are dealing with real actors wall to wall. Do you know who Alan Rickman is? If you flub a line in front of Alan Rickman, you are going to fucking, we're all. You become a fish. Yeah. All of our, <laughs> all of our, we all look like assholes if you do that. Well, it's not so much so. if you flub a line. If you show up stoned in right. front of Alan Rickman, that's a problem. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. then you make me look like an asshole as well as you. And it's like, yeah. It, yeah. this whole thing. And but that's the, why the message was take this seriously. Yeah. And he did. Uh, you know, for for that at least. Yeah, but then, and, and, that, and that's the anecdote is that Jay yeah. proceeded to learn literally every line script. in the script. Uh, uh, but then you know he dipped back under again, and and so they, Kevin Smith was gonna kind of stop making movies because he's like, okay, I'm Just only feeding your addiction at this point. Yeah. And then Jay got clean, so he's like, okay, we'll do Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. Didn't he and get then clean he got, and, specifically so he could do the movie? I think so, but then this Kevin one. Smith wasn't no no uh Jay and Silent Bob because yeah. Kevin Smith was like I'm not gonna work with you anymore yeah. unless you're clean and he was like okay so that's what finally was so, yeah well well then he got clean and then they did the movie but but you know being on a set and being flushed with cash again and like ah. drove him under again and the, so there was this there there is this whole thing going on in his personal life and that may have contributed to um him not really being able to pursue this avenue of things and yeah. preferring to do simpler stuff. Just making clerks, just making you know the, these other yes, going right. back to those smaller movies as opposed to expanding. He was he was offered to do a Green Hornet at one point. If I'm if I'm not, I believe it was Green Hornet, hmm. um, and he he decided not to do that because it, it would was have been great too. if if that Superman thing had gone through without John Peters or Green Hornet or something. But I can imagine Kevin Smith <laughs> ending up in a slightly different James Gunn Joss role where he's the guy who yeah. oh my god this nerd filmmaker who is a better writer than he is a director is suddenly like writing his franchise shit and we're getting good franchise shit out of this guy. Yeah. You know, Superman, Man of Steel, directed by Kevin Smith, written or written and directed by Kevin Smith. That could be really interesting because if you if you take that focus and that energy think, and that voice and then actually kind of have to streamline it a little bit, yeah. you end up with movies like Iron Man. I think shit. ultimately... You get, you get the really fun blockbuster movies i mean you want to be careful trying to like you know psychoanalyze people you don't know but he puts himself out you know on the couch he for puts himself way see. out there and yeah. so it's it's not as difficult with kevin smith i think and i think he he's even all practically <laughs> said as much he's it's like he got to a point where it got scary to try and keep learning and it got scary to try and keep you know uh, advancing and improving and he just kind of settled into where he is and he's cool with that um which is which is unfortunate because i think like we've if he had embraced the abyss if he yeah if he embraced it he really could have been some something Honestly, really really special it seems like the movie he needed to make after this one was red state no not well no the movie he needed to make after this one is the movie about him and jay like Ooh. His, the, his relationship oh, yeah. with jay oh, yeah definitely You're right if that if that's if that's to, on our previous conversation about he's addressing this issue in his life yeah. issue in his life yeah. Uh, yeah i mean if that if that's the major emotional struggle in your life and that's the relationship in the you know in behavior that you're struggling to get a handle on and you can't, that's what you should be right. putting on screen. Right. On the plus side, Jason Mewes seems to be doing quite well. Oh, is, no. Is, is he, he doing better he now? Totally, he's yeah, totally... He's clean. He's at married. this point, he's been cleaned up for yeah. a long time oh, good, and good. he's totally... Yeah, he's, he's doing Panel fine. has a really funny story about Jay. Where at the time, he was on the View Askew forums and Jay would post sometimes... And at one point, it was Dinobot. It was di- it was some dinosaur computer game in like 1999 or something like that. And he's like, Jay had posted, "Hey, does anyone have this game? Do you know how to get past this level?" And Chris is like, "Yeah." And Jay PM'd him and said, "Can I call you?" And Chris is like, "Yeah." And he gave him he he PM'd uh, his phone number, and like nothing happened. And then like several days later, Chris got home 
And on the voicemail was a message from Jay saying, hey, man, this is Jay. I was talking, we were talking about Dinobots or whatever that game was. Uh, sorry, I guess you're not home. I'll, I'll, I'll try you back later. And Chris is like, holy shit. Jay called my house. That's so cool. And he ran to Radio Shack to get like a little recorder so he could record that message. And when he got home, his mom had cleared oh. out. <laughs> he ended up uh, talking to him later, but I always thought that was So wait, fun. he didn't give him his cell phone number? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 99. I always liked this scene a lot. Yeah. It's still run. This, still is, the, this run. is the corporate yeah. voodoo doll scene. It's melodramatic, but it's of course supposed to be. Who is even... this guy? The guy looks familiar. Yeah, he does. The 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 amazing thing is this the 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 golden calf thing. It's like so obviously like, no, that's not what you do. In a Christian culture, you don't allow that to become your symbol and stuff. But it seems like a lot of a lot of real corporations end up falling into stuff like that where it's like why would you do, why why would you yeah. let yourself put yourself in the crosshairs the cultural crosshairs of having that you know well, of, they're of doing something so exactly what people are going to respond negatively to well, because there was, of the mythology there stuff. was the uh when the financial crisis hit you know there is that li- right, the literally golden. the golden statue of the bull in, <laughs> on wall street exactly and it was wall street bankers and people like Literally trying to pray to, yeah. I mean, not pray, but you know, offer Praying up some sort of spiritual penance for yeah. you know they the want financial the bu- crisis. They want the bull market to come back. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, it's the, the <laughs> it's like, like, what do you not understand? <laughs> I don't even believe that stuff, and I'm like, are you kidding are me you right kidding? now? <laughs> Which is like, I mean, not to get too trashy, not to trash religion too hard, but uh, really, that that was a, for me at least, that was a a fairly significant component of my high school education was like, you know, not because I really wasn't a militant atheist, at least in in my opinion, I wasn't. No, but especially going to Catholic school, it's like the hypocrisy is outrageous. Going, going to the Catholic school and not as Catholic and and being, you know, kind of having this, this information presented to you in a straight face. There's just so much of it that I was just like, I, are you serious? Like you're really, even if but he, what about this other thing that you said that just is not the same thing no. at all? Add it. It's a mystery. Uh, yeah. Goal posts on wheels. It, yeah. yeah. Was, some of it was very frustrating. Matt Damon is a hardcore motherfucker. I think one of the things that I like about was, this particular scene is the fact that they both call each other out on being melodramatic about this whole scene. Magazine. You didn't say God bless you. Yeah. So uh, apparently a little bit of trivia, he, they wanted to do a big action set piece, like a, a full-on shootout, like John Woo type of thing, which is why all of these guys are like massive beefy dudes, because these are stunt performers oh. <laughs> playing the, playing the, uh, the board. Um, but then he decided not it to, was and it decided it was funnier, it was too, yeah, whatever. Um, and so that's not there, but that's why all of these guys are these giant uh performers i mean it works as the you know the fat cats of wall street type of thing too but um that i i like that being a little so the scene the where he whispers into his ear and tells him what he does what do you think it is child porn yeah something like it's that. gotta be cp hmm. what's the isn't cp like hmm, what okay isn't there a expansion of cp that's a fake you mean child porn, but you say something else. Like instead of meaning hard candy. Uh, well, like, but it's a CP thing. Like oh. Mary Jane from marijuana, like from marijuana, ah. like that sort of thing. Isn't there a thing where you have unpacked what you, you you shortened marijuana to MJ, and then you unpacked it to Mary Jane? Isn't there a thing where child porn becomes CP, and then you Not unpack really. it to a different? It's thing. just CP I, or I, cheese pizza. It's cheese pizza. I've That's never what I was heard of. that. Uh, yeah. Really? 
really? What are you on? Pizza? What, I've heard that before. What forms are you going yeah, on? Yeah, wait a second. How about how about we pretend that, <laughs> pretty sure that none of this I'm, happened? I'm, I'm moving I'm on sure quickly. <laughs> no, I see it on it's on it's a it's a thing on Reddit. I'm sure that. Uh-huh. Am I? How about oh, we yeah. just how about we just move on <laughs> no. and pretend that we never approach <laughs> yeah, this topic? We're, we're gonna go ahead and not give people secret code words <laughs> <laughs> to to identify each other with. I've said too much. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Um. He does look familiar. I only know hard candy yeah, because of the movie. Yeah, isn't that the part where he's like, he was your son, you sick yeah. fuck? Yeah. He, sa- he says that right after the whispering. Um, all right, let me find out who this board of directors guy is. Do it. Talk amongst yourselves. Uh, about anything but cheese <laughs> pizza. <laughs> about anything other than what we have Now I can about. never order cheese pizza again, so that's <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> that'll, that'll cut down my calories, I guess. <laughs> Just don't order it on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Brian, how would you describe Kevin Smith's voice? Um, what's r- what's his rare? thing? What's he doing? He sounds like us. Infrequent? I don't mean like his actual speaking <laughs> right. voice. Oh, I mean no, his, you mean his storytelling yeah. voice. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> he okay. sounds like a guy. Well, he's Silent Bob. Maybe you were asking <laughs> yeah. for real. I thought that's the joke you were going for. Yeah. So what, is, no. what is Silent Bob's voice? Um, well, okay. Going back to, to what we were saying before, you know, this, I think... Dogma is the best expression of what I think makes The Simpsons really classic and uh, a when it was when it was (laughs) when it was somewhat now but less so in the sense that Simpsons the real genius behind The Simpsons was always that it was a a great blend between the highbrow and the lowbrow kind of interweaved together right interstitched and I think there's definitely a lowbrow aspect to Kevin Smith and but there's also a uh a a high br- higher brow aspect of it or more intelligent you know the whole the whole rant and monologue about uh uh alice in wonderland uh and it's it's that it's the combination of those two and which i think is most successful here in dogma you may try it in other in maybe in like jane silent bob but i think jane silent bob is just mostly lowbrow stuff um does that answer your question so it's a mix of like pl- someone who's playing like adorably foul-mouthed idiot when he and you and everyone knows that the guy who's being the foul-mouthed idiot is actually a bright guy and and can actually be extemporaneous on this topic and make it a philosophical thing if he wants to but really he wants to talk about the death star it's yeah as the writer not the character well no i guess it's i guess it's just the fact that uh it's better storytelling and it's, it's better entertainment when there's uh a combination of those elements so it can appeal to multiple levels you know like like we talked about well, when they're both and and it maintains you know the element of surprise in the comedy because it's like just just when you're settling into the poop joke someone says something really clever and yeah. that shocks you and you're laughing at that and then they start and then and that's also shocks you because you, yeah yeah uh yeah, and actually, I think that it's another comparison to uh, Shakespeare. There, I can't, I can't find the guy. By the way, we'll find him. That guy burned down twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think there's that's another uh, comparison to be sh- to be made with Shakespeare because Shakespeare again did the same thing. He had highbrow, like really literary references for the time. He and, had re- and like bad puns. He had really witty writing uh, and like really great insults that people would cut into each other that he's known for. But yeah, he would also have poop and fart and you know lame sex jokes yeah, uh, yeah. and so yeah it was that puns were about sex yeah they were and so shakespeare was doing that very sex. consciously he was writing for what were called the groundlings the 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 poor people that were up front that you know they were just kind of like the, the the cheap seats in shakespeare's day were up front they were in the back groundlings. Uh, they, they were the groundlings 
Uh, but he was they also seats. They had to stand. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, they were literally on the ground and they didn't have the seats that were in the balconies that the rich people paid for. You stand in the uh, shit. So uh, it, I think it's I think it's that aspect, which is most successfully done in dogma. And then I think he kind of abandons that aspect for in in um, uh, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Oh, Muse, Greek. Boom. Oh yes, you're yeah. Right. It's a, another, another I knew there was. Example. She made some reference to something Greek elsewhere in the movie. I too. feel like there's. I, I feel like there is some aspect of that in in, uh, in in Christianity. But you're right. The the idea of the muse specifically is Greek mythology, and that's the gospel truth. Uh. So I have a problem with the Golgothan scene that we're about to get to, and it's only a tonal problem. This is, by the way, this is the second time this movie shits on John Hughes for some reason. <laughs> 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 talking about oh. out of left field yeah the like, first, jesus first, he wasn't even expecting that yeah first they were getting on his case for, for Shermer, uh, Shermer, illinois and and this time they're getting on his case for writing but does home it, alone doesn't kevin smith like idolize john Hughes? probably so he's probably yeah. just being so like isn't that yeah. the the uh, the freemason one of the freemason symbols above the might, toilet might have been uh, dead oh it. was it like the the compass thing with the g no it was the uh the, the cross with the double uh oh oh no know. that's the greek orthodox boom oh Greek, isn't, isn't it? I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. We're, we can't. It's go Greco past Smith. It. I missed it. Anyway, I have. Why are you staring at the toilet? My, my, <laughs> my, my, my thing with the Golgothan scene is mostly just a tonal thing, uh, because, and I made this distinction when I was 14 and watched this movie for the first time, which is for me this felt really intellectual and you know funny and foul mouthed, but smart. And then we just get this big shit demon. He's always po- well. He's always pointing to it as almost like his disclaimer. It's like if anybody tries It's a movie with rubber shit monster. Yeah, if in anybody it. tries to take this movie too seriously and get too offended about it, it's a movie with a rubber shit monster in it. Yeah. It's like so what are you doing? But I kind of as a as a experience yeah, Greek Orthodox cross. Okay. Okay. Yeah. As an experience outside of criticizing him and like him hitting that as a defense play, I just don't think it sits well in the movie very well. I feel it feels like a, a, a change in tone and of the height of our brow. That said, I uh, think it, I think our buddy or my, my buddy, I think you guys know him, but Sandy Calora. I've met him once or twice. Yeah. Batman Dead End and uh, Hunter Prey and other things. Uh, badass filmmaker and he's an old uh, character guy. He's an old effects guy. Uh, had a, a large hand in this in this shit monster, and it's a good looking. I think creature. I think I just the, the its scene. I feel like kind of puts the movie in a weird spot. It is. It is. I think you because it doesn't come back later. Either. Yeah, you need a couple. You you need a couple it does of come things. Back, though doesn't it? No. no. Does it come back in the climax? No. no. Oh, it, well, I think it was going to, but it did. Oh, okay. But um, the it's just a loose thread that you need is co- weird, and it brings it down for apparently no reason. You need a couple more. I like. I actually like it. Um, because it's this weird sort of fantasy world building that he's got going on. He's like, okay, the ma- the main villain, you know, is coming from the Golgothan Hill, and you know, the, yeah. the shit from the. I thought. I think that's a I, neat that's idea. A, that's a great but, reference. But tonally. Well, also the and, think, and that the and that the linchpin at the end of the scene is it knocks it out yeah. with a pun on the spray bottle. Yeah, yeah. there aren't enough there, but there aren't enough scenes like like we needed two more scenes of, of that, that level of, of this tone. I honestly of don't, don't yeah. think that it's that left field because it's just you know, Jason I. Lee's character just sort of like throwing what he's got at her. Yeah, we and need, it's just one of he's the just, things. He's, it's, it's he's throwing left, it against the wall and see if it hits. Well, uh, well it's, for it's me, it's as it, left field as the hockey playing. I guess, well, sure, I, guess but, I want but, a couple but, but more the, left field but, but things. The, but like the demons that. are there yeah. the whole time. They're at the beginning and the end of the movie. And it, I get the vibe. Maybe this is not the case, but the scene gives me the vibe that he put the scene in because he wanted to do the punchline at the end about Knox Bad Smells Out. Maybe. <laughs> like, it feels like this scene is there so he can make that joke just because the scene doesn't seem to be here for any other reason. Well, it's yeah, true. It's you could, the piles of shit on Golgotha, uh, the Golgotha Hill, 
or Golgoth yeah. or whatever it was. That's a really Golgotha, cool yeah. reference to make and that fits in with this movie. But then you you need you need more of him throwing left field shit. You need more of of Azrael throwing this kind of thing at them. And, I, I and think this world. I think that if you tried to do more of that and more of the story, it it, it just you're trying to jam too much in, Maybe. and then the story gets yeah. gets overcomplicated. And then everything will just get stopped up, and yeah, we'll feel the really thing, just, this, all, this, all, this all just gets really slapstick. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, you could effectively you could cut the scene and lose. Really I like little, little ear wiggles. I mean, it's all, it's almost <laughs> yeah. it's almost like uh, the the head the head scene in Tropic Thunder for hey, me. Hey, where can you can ev- you smell what Kevin Smith is cooking? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's not yeah. great. Not no. great, but ninety eight. So what are you gonna do? Yeah, I, th- I think it's very good for ninety eight. Well, they no, could have rotated like, the textures a little bit so yeah, we didn't just, get the cat's uh, for, ass for right that, up in camera. For that one scene, that's a technical the term, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> the cat's ass on the spec channel. <laughs> no, I've heard. I've heard people refer to that. It's, uh, it's where it pinches the, on the, the cat's bum. Yeah, where it, where it pinches, it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a, the polar coordinate. Everything bunches in on itself at the top of the yeah. texture if it's projected spherically. So, anyway, cat's ass. <laughs> it is a good demon. I mean, it's a good looking monster. Yeah. So high five, Sandy and Sandy's team. I said for every other scene, it's got a different texture than that one little shot, and I think yeah. it was just like a shot that they didn't finish on accident or something. I uh, well, th- oh, no, that's you, a, you that's said a, on accident. Yeah, oh. Trey would be mad uh, if you were here. That, well, that was because that was a that was a digital one, and that was tougher back then, especially for the budget that they would have had on this film. See, yeah, like this is all just really. This movie is this movie slapstick elsewhere, and I'm forgetting that it's slapstick elsewhere. Not really. And this uh, is just this moment where they're all like watching it, and it's doing like the everyone look left, everyone look right, ping pong yeah. pong across the room. It just changes the the tone here. Yeah. Because everything else is witty angels having opinions, and then he knocks out a shit monster with. Well, as he a was pun. saying before, you kind of have to lighten it up a little bit. Yeah. Mind you, that it I is do see though what you're saying movie. about this is Kevin Smith trying to make a disclaimer. You know mm-hmm. the same the same way John Stewart is like we're not a news show we're a comedy show yeah like the, this, this the, is definitely Kevin Smith going don't take this too seriously it's a walking shit monster which I wish I, w- I wish he didn't have that for that for that reason I I wish he would bear own in mind it, if the if the shit monster was tied in I would say better then I don't have a problem with the shit monster at all it's not that it is a shit monster it's that the tone of the scene is so odd and disjointed and then it doesn't come back again I should use that line more often. Don't underestimate the, the staggering drawing power of the Garden State. Oh, by the uh, that's his sister, I think. No, that was Guinevere Turner, who uh, was the screenwriter of American Psycho, among other things. There it oh. says uh, Darius on the window. There, that's a reference to a character named Clerks or Mallrats, Rick Darius or something. Whatever. Man, Anything. I wish I, I wish I could pull off a white suit. An ill-fitting white. And, suit? and I think that's actually <laughs> yeah. a fedora. No, it's not. It's close though. Usually people call hats. No, it's not a trilby either. Uh, Usually people call hats that aren't fedoras fedoras. And for a second there, I thought he was actually pulling it off. But no, that's just a nice hat. (laughs) Yeah, what is that? It's like midway between a fedora and a trilby. It's a fedilby. Yeah. Kind of like Panama hat hat. man. Yeah, it's Panama hat man. (laughs) Panama hat. That must be what it is. Is that what? Is it the same hat though? I don't know. Let's say. Let's say yes. Well, we have to get to the bottom of this. Come, come here, come here for all <laughs> your. This is the most important thing we've ever done. Come yeah. on, somebody in the chat room has to be an expert on hats, right? <laughs> we're gonna get. Don't an let entire, us down. We're gonna get an entire post now. Like, okay, look, this okay. is a fedora. This oh, is a trilby. God. This is a Panama hat. This is what Azrael is wearing, <laughs> <laughs> which is some you know fifth thing. Yeah, which is another thing entirely. 
Um, it looks kind of like a Panama hat. Yeah. That's a Panama hat. Yeah. Yay! I think that's what it is. I did it. <laughs> I did it. What I, are you talking about? I know. Hats. I said Panama hat first. You said Panama hat man, and I was the one who was like, wait, that's probably because it's called a Panama hat. I get that name now, too. <laughs> I thought it was just a man from Panama with a hat, and no one knew his name. So it's like, it's like saying, hey, New Jersey shoes boy. <laughs> oh, it's a Panama hat. I get it now. Yeah, man. See, I like because it's angels with opinions talking to each other and being pissy and having interesting or witty or otherwise just crude observations about pieces of Catholicism. I'm just really confused by the uh, various items around them in the aisle. It's like uh, it's yeah, playing cards. My, my yeah. eyes are always wandering to the aisle whenever I see that scene. Well, like, yeah, it's that, and then it's got like T-shirts and then cards and then toys and then like bike locks. Yeah, like what the hell? Are- that's not how toy stores are organized. We I have an independent confirmation in the chat room. Owen Ward says it also does look like a Panama hat. Oh we my have God. confirmation. Woo. A bunch of amateurs with Google have all come to the same <laughs> conclusion. You can't challenge that. You can't explain that. First officer confirms. Yeah. I do like this movie a lot. I like... Oh, actually, speaking of it, we're about to pull up on our uh, Indiana Jones no Last ticket. Crusade yeah, reference. No ticket joke here. Yeah, that's a good timing. Which is a good joke. Well, it's, it's in a little while. First, we have to have all these conversations, and then they have to figure out who everyone is. Oh, yeah, yeah, but you're right. You were saying? I was just... I, I like it when... When good actors are delivering smithy dialogue. Not monologues, but dialogues. Like, they're building up a conversation between them. That's always fun to watch. It's good to watch that happen. And this movie has the best actors, I think, of the ones that he's done, doing that. And it's, it's the script with the most actual ideas in it. And it's just kind of a joy. It's kind of candy-ish. Yeah, it's good. He It's, he, all, it's all the usual Smith stuff, plus a, a, a neat dusting of intellectualism on top of it. Yeah, he does good. He does really good banter. That That is certainly something that... And and a lot of people... He writes a lot of monologues, especially in, in his earlier stuff. But mm-hmm. um, his best stuff is definitely his the back-and-forth banter. I agree. One thing he's never been too good at, at least not in my estimation, is actually delineating the voices of characters, with the exception of Jay. Yeah. If you, if, if, you, if, you, if you swapped a line randomly between Loki and Bartleby at some point, you wouldn't be like, that line doesn't sound like Bartleby usually sounds. They all just sort of sound like hyper witty guy. Right. Yeah. But you can, I mean... Even the girls. They, yeah, they, yeah, they... It's a very um, Sorkin-esque way of yeah. writing. Yeah, Sorkin's that. I mean, you, like can, you, can throw that, you can throw that against Joss Whedon, too. Yeah. Be Not very really. difficult to identify different Whedon characters. Firefly. I mean, they, have a, they all have a similar sort of vernacular, but I think their voices are pretty easily defined. Maybe not. I might just be a fan of Firefly. I, yeah, I, I I'm not sure that I would necessarily agree with you. I think they've they've all got essentially the same uh, Avengers. I well, well, but Avengers he was dealing with pre-existing, that's pre-established true, characters. Sure, yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. Well, I th- I think Whedon is better at having different character voices right up until the Whedon punchline. Mm. He can't resist giving everyone the witty. Yeah, exactly. Like the witty, but uh, his, rejoiner. True, yeah, his Whedon more so than Smith or even Aaron Sorkin is kind of like. Is more about I, th- I think the witty one-liners are more contained in his dialogue mm-hmm. than they are uh, in s- either Smith or Sorkin, as opposed to like Smith or Sorkin will be like drop the joke, whereas Joss's characters are just kind of funny. Is that what you're saying? No, actually, I go the other way. I'd, I would flip that. I would say that Whedon's characters more like drop the funny thing to say, but most of the time they're talking, you know, fairly straightforward, fairly yeah. straightforwardly. 
Whereas Sorkin and Smith, more of their, they've got more witty things to say all the time. Or they, or they have that one particular voice, yeah. aspect of that voice all the time. Might be a better way to say it. Yeah, everybody's everybody's kind of got a snappy way of talking. Yeah. And I, yeah. I definitely noticed that in West Wing. I'm like, okay, so yeah, the president and Josh and Donna all kind of talk the same way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This, by the way, speaking of Kevin's writing abilities, I think this is actually the best scene in the movie for subtext. That's true. It's also a really well-performed scene. But this is a scene where people aren't really being cutesy about themselves they're just talking but there's a layer underneath what they're saying that goes beyond that and they like each other they're both on these different journeys we know bomb under the table style what's about to happen between them as soon as they figure out who each other is but Mm -hmm. in the moment they're just two different people talking about two different things (laughs) i didn't do it by purpose (laughs) (laughs) purposefully anyway yeah and it's it's that guy has won an academy award for writing and for directing yeah, and I, but not for I, acting. I, but you know, I actually really like his. <laughs> I really like his acting in this scene. I think he's a good actor. He's yeah. not a great actor, this, but I think he's a good actor. In this particular particular scene, he comes across like they're just having an actual conversation. Yeah, <laughs> which is a really important skill for an actor. Yeah, well, I, you know, That's it doesn't always come right off like that <laughs> in Kevin Smith movies. I think he, you know, I, they, no, a lot you of find that no, you're totally right. <laughs> you're totally right. It's just the way it was phrased, like. When he's talking to another person, I believe he's talking. That's Kevin more than you can say for most of the prequels. But that's the thing is Kevin Smith's whole <laughs> style of writing is that they don't really sound like conversations you would casually yeah, yeah. have with friends. Right. Sure. There's, uh, can I, I you ever say, say that Anakin and Padme really were talking to each other? Yeah. <laughs> really? I, was, I was struck by um, when he's... They were uh, just babbling incoherently near each other. <laughs> when, when he gets his wings shot off later... Uh, I was, and he touches the stumps and he touches the stumps and he's like laughing and crying and he's got it's like a really nuanced moment yeah, he's yeah. got a little breakdown yeah there's yeah. there's this there's a really complicated thing that he's doing in that moment that it's like that has no place into kevin smith movie and yet here it is <laughs> get out of ben your Af- performance and ben nor in ben affleck's acting yeah ability. and yet and yet he he pulls it off phenomenally i was i was revisiting it and seeing that scene i was like that uh, it feels weird to see something that like really complex in the chat in, in the chat uh praxis says affleck is a good actor if he has the right material uh but smith speak is typically not the right material for affleck mm. which i agree um yeah if you go back and watch Mallrats, it's really clumsy Mallrats is just clumsy all around we, that we, is kind of where he got to start exactly we should we should also meant we should also just be aware that everyone, everyone was starting at that point they yeah. were all yeah. amateurs at that point that, well yeah. Mallrats and dogma are 15 and 20 years old and Ben Affleck has grown as an yeah. individual since then. And I'm, and you as know, we all do over time. Yeah. And, and yeah. Mallrats, <laughs> most of us, <laughs> Mallrats is, is probably one of, of, of those early films. It's probably one of his weakest because like, that was the one where they were like, all right, we'll give the clerk's guy a movie. We're not going to give him any control. Yeah. But right. We're going to give him a movie. And so there was, there was a lot of pressure on everybody's. That poopy trim gag should have been cut. Yeah. What gag? I missed it. When he wakes up, he says "poopy trim," which is a reference to I believe Mallrats. also Mallrats. Yeah, I think oh. Ethan Supley says that at one point, and Chris Rock was trying to crack up Kevin behind the camera when he woke up and was "poopy trim," and Smith found that charming and kept it. It's fine. It, yeah. it goes by so fast that honestly, it, unless you're like reading the the trivia and being like, "Oh, what well, is he well, it's just more like it's, it's a forced thing to have happen." Like, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever woken up. Or been privy to someone in real life ever waking up and saying something? No. Nah. I've, 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 I myself cliche. have woken up and been like, uh, but I've never been like, poopy tramp. 
Uh, or say a thing. Huh? Uh, would you remember if you had? Well, like the comedy wake up, say something thing never struck me as real anyway. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. But that, that's not unique. Not to this the lard. Movie. That's not unique to this movie at all. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like this whole, yeah, well, this oh, whole oh brother, where art thou? He's like, my hair. This whole reaction scene is really great. Yeah. Just that look in his eyes. Yeah. Yeah, Rufus. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a great scene. This whole scene, they're actually both bringing it. Yeah. There was a shit monster a second ago. <laughs> yeah. He knocked it out with air freshener. Yep. Because it knocks out hard smells. I feel like I'm harping on that point. I'll drop it now. Good idea. Shit monster. <laughs> I, also, that would be a great thing to call someone when you're in a, like a fight with them. <laughs> Fuck off, <laughs> shit monster. <laughs> I remember this is one of the first movies that I was really like watched all the behind the scenes and you know really like started learning mm. about how movies were actually made to smith credit he always has a bunch of good feature stuff yeah and, and commentaries and just the idea for whatever reason the idea that this was not actually shot on a train but on a sound stage just stuck out in my mind for some reason like it wasn't quite like my mind was blown but it was definitely on the spectrum of mind blowing mm. it's well done it's really well done stuff. Yeah. The way they've got they've got the lights moving around in the background and stuff, uh, just just occasionally sweeps by to give a, a sense of motion. Of course, now they would have just done it on green screen. Filmmaking way yeah. more complicated than it needed to in be in the city of dreams. Yeah, this ah. is this is the yeah. Scene it wouldn't it would, and it would have been done in a warehouse in Louisiana instead of <laughs> L A. This is the scene where you're like, okay, Ben Affleck is a good actor and Chris Rock is not. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Yes, man, what was it? Was it head of state? That Chris Rock was in. It was like the political comedy. Yes. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah. It was a thing. Uh, for a second, I was like, that's enemy of the state. That was Will Smith. It wasn't funny and you're terrible. But <laughs> <laughs> Strike one, strike two, strike three, yeah. strike four, strike five. But no, I think there was one called head of state that was him as well. Yes. <laughs> I feel like had Richard Pryor been alive when this movie was made, oh, Chris Rock he would have been, been Richard Pryor. Yeah. Richard Pryor would have been amazing in that in this role. Did you guys see that video that, that came out like maybe a few months ago now and people in the future? It came out in the past that like it was Richard Pryor at age 18 singing like a blues song. Mm-hmm. He's got no mustache. He's a baby. He's really young. And he's like crooning this really awesome sort of Sinatra bluesy number. And he's awesome. He's like a great singer. See, uh, Google like Richard Pryor singing and you'll find it. Who knew? And then he went off to become, you know, the black George Carlin, one of the <laughs> most influential comedians of all time. Yeah, whatever. No ticket. George Carlin was the white Richard Pryor. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I have to imagine that in this exact same situation, even with tensions riding as high as they are, I would say the exact same line. <laughs> I would be like, Oh God, yeah. You can't no that's an opportunity thing? you cannot pass up. The uh, no ticket. <laughs> so in college we were we were working the Daytona five hundred, uh and of course, the Daytona 500 is... That was a, a stellar weekend, wasn't it? Oh, boy. Uh, that's going... That's b- humanity's best and brightest right there. <laughs> going back to our Groundhog Day discussion, that would be my Groundhog Day. It's waking <laughs> up in Daytona Beach every morning. Um, but we were, we were, had worked it, and then we were like, because the thing is so fucking big, you have to get on the tram and like drive around the thing to the right parking lot. And so it was a bunch of us from the, from the drama club. <laughs> and some guy like... So there's a bunch of us, but there's a bunch of people we didn't know. 
And some random guy like realized he forgot something <laughs> as the tram is driving down and he just hops off in the middle of like this thing is like 30 miles an hour down the side it's of like, this building. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, I forgot that. And he just hops like, off and rolls. He's like, Ron out. <laughs> <laughs> and my friend Ryan, sure enough, immediately really, it turns to me and goes, no, no ticket. ticket. <laughs> uh, Ryan. This is another great scene. Yeah. Again, with real actors in a Kevin Smith movie. And and it's uh, it's it's just slightly, you know, I, again, watching it now, it's just kind of like, well, ah, a- this is this is college level theology, I feel like. Like watching it now, I'm like, eh, it's a little bit. What, what is he doing uh, that's college level? Is he just glossing over the point of things or is he misusing terms or? Uh, yeah, I feel like I feel like it's just. Or is it just, just a sort of simplistic appraisal? Kind of a simple, no, you, simplistic you, way of you know what it out, is? I guess. Yeah, the college level aspect of it is the hoodies. <laughs> yeah, that too. Uh, Angel hoodies. The fact that he deems it worth any real amount of time to spend on in the first place. This is a rant that he should have precluded in his thinking. The, the, well, this is well, no, this is kind of the rant that you have when you're a sophomore in college, and like you're. Let's be honest, you're basically sh- like you just read Metamorphosis. You're you're <laughs> real, you're realizing that the world has no point to it. Yeah, and you're coming to grips with that existentialist real you know position. Uh. That's that's what this moment is. Well, that's how I would describe. Wow, you just got me to. A, it's true. It's true. It's it's a college thing because you you know your your buddy who's who had you right. know his, his first first philosophy class or something. You're at a party and he got drunk and now he's just going. Yeah, he's, right. the, all of these things that have been in his head. You well, the know? thing like first thing about being friends with philosophy majors. Yeah. <laughs> I was asking earlier, uh, what's Kevin Smith's voice? That's what I would say. Uh, is Kevin Smith's movies when they don't age well or when scenes don't age well? It's because. Smith at the time was really impressed with a revelation that most people have at age 18 to 20 or however old he was when he made them. But those are strictly like, oh, my God, humans are people, too. Yeah, we know. Yeah. And, but he'll like hang a scene on something like that. Right. Which when when you're at discovering the movie at about the same that age, hits you as a, like, holy shit, it's he's amazing. Right. But well, that's, and then that's, you go back what, and watch it. That's what Chasing Amy is. Chasing Amy is a guy going. Girls are people too, <laughs> which from a more mature, once you've gone through that stage, is like, well, yeah, it's that's kind of cringy, obvious. Yeah. Yeah. But we, I, I know, I, I imagine most, uh, at least, uh, heterosexual adolescents go through that stage of like, yes, this this weird, mysterious creature that I'm all of a sudden very compelled to be around. Uh, you know that well, they're actually human beings too. All right, well, that's that's enlightening. Um. Except for the Jewish ones. So how'd you guys uh, see... That was a joke. Oh, wow. The silence descended <laughs> and now it's weird. On dogma, no less. <laughs> Have Sorry. you guys seen the, re- the, the reports about how uh, the, the things that the angels are wearing, they're all wearing the exact same thing in different colors. Yeah, I noticed and that, that the too. And that ah. the hoodies are supposed to represent their halos. That's mm. why all of the angels have hoodies. Fallen halos, no less. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't quite work because Metatron has the same outfit yeah but, but he's but, but he's an angel yeah he's he an, an angel, angel but he's not fallen that's what he I is mean. a seraph yeah well he's, he's a descendant he's, he's, he's still, still an angel yeah. but they're all, know, he's the highest they're all wearing angels. the exact same thing only. yeah yeah like yeah. even metatron is wearing the exact same mm, thing. he's wearing a little hoodie and yeah jacket and stuff, i know yeah. metatron is the right term but i can't that hear is that actually and, in not, and not think megatron just every time yeah, it gets said it's true metatron it's funny because I keep thinking of metrion which is the really fancy theater movie theater metronome or a metronome. <laughs> Meganome. Oh. Or Mastodon. <laughs> Pterodactyl. <laughs> 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 
You know the whole sequence. Come on. Um, <laughs> I just got what happened there. Yeah. <laughs> I missed the boat on that one. Um, We're running into two problems at this once. Is, with this this one. is another thing that a lot of people, a lot of people in the, the Christian faith uh, had a problem with. Eventually, well, this is the eventually have the same thing that that he's he's like there's a there's an 18 year gap so they yeah. fill in any number of things with whatever they yeah. feel like is might be there. Jesus went off and invented chairs. Yeah, <laughs> which I actually think from a storytelling standpoint, this is a really compelling way, a right. really compelling interpretation for the yeah. people not yeah. watching. The and movie, I believe, and I believe it's uh, the scene by the lake. I'm, yeah. I'm, okay. So yeah. So I'm what we're talking about is where uh, Chris Rock is explaining. Yeah, so there's, there, and this is true, there is a gap in the Bible's history of Jesus' life where it follows him from birth up to like 18 and then there's nothing. 12. 12, and then, sorry. And then he's 30. And then he it comes back at 30 and then he's got three years of ministry and then he's yeah. crucified. Um, uh, so it's it's explaining that gap in, in Jesus' uh, story. I can't believe you just spoiled it like that. Like it didn't even matter. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus I, Christ, Mike. I haven't read it yet. <laughs> I think 2,000 years is a pretty good, <laughs> yeah. is a safe bet in terms of spoiler. Uh, oh, so now there's a moratorium. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Zarban says there's no statute of limitations. <laughs> so, a lot of different stories uh, go a lot of different ways in explaining what is happening in that hole. And I, f- I find this... I think a number of the Gnostic Gospels tried to, tried to fill that in. Yeah. And, and the Which, church didn't like any of those. So, we're like, nah, it's just a mystery. Yeah let's, yeah, let's also just take a second to point out the fact that the Bible that we all know and love was not only just written down 100 years after the fact, at least. At its earliest. At, yeah. its, at its earliest. But was also decided by committee several hundred years after the, yeah. the events happened. The church. The first draft was written 100 years later. Yeah. The first draft. And then they edited and the, yeah, it. That, and we then, and then the, that we know of. That we know of. And then yeah. the manuscript was decided upon. Uh, by after the church was an established thing because it's a collection a of separate documents yeah. obviously but you're a collection yeah. of separate documents obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. um Don't talk to me but yeah the, i think this i think even heavy. even biblical i think he had a brother named thomas or maybe i'm still thinking of one of the gnostic gospels but it was acknowledged that it's like yes he was of a virgin birth but that doesn't mean she can't have normal babies too <laughs> so yeah. he can have uh, you know he can't have siblings it capitalized you accepted that's interesting well because when you're talking yeah yeah, about I, just God, about God, yeah. I just like that the subtitles person but, was on that yeah well, they capitalized him as well yeah. yeah i always thought the scene or at least the screaming i fucking hate you stuff was a little heavy-handed it is a bit it would but... work better if she was screaming it in latin <laughs> <laughs> you feckless thug ah <laughs> uh. we're running into two problems right now yeah what's that one it's a largely a good movie, so there's less to say about good movies. True. And two, it's an incredibly talky movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it's hard to talk about this film because they're all just having conversations. Yeah. Well, uh, bringing back Alan Rickman, I, we're, we're in this segment where we're talking about, where we're talking again about kind of philosophy and stuff. And, and Kevin Smith working out, I think, I think a number of these things are kind of his own belief about the, the story in a way. You know, I think he believe. I think what we're, what what he's having Metatron talk about, he believes that this probably happened to Jesus, you know, uh, that that he was told as a child that he had to be the savior and he took 18 years to come to terms with it, you know. Um, so which did Anakin. Would probably, well, yeah, I mean, there's a deliberate similarity there. <gasps> <laughs> there's Christ metaphors in Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> there's a tenth, Holy shit. There's a tenth sentence. Literally. <laughs> 
wow, that's like in the Matrix commentary. You're like, oh yeah, there is an Alice in Wonderland thing going. Yeah. On. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's fine. No, in your in your defense, in that moment, that was a. Uh, yeah, sorry. It's fine. Whatever. That was five <laughs> there, years ago. There is a legitimate. No, it was just, I've it was grown just, since. It was yeah. just funny. No, I, I hadn't even noticed that you said that until on that first anniversary show. You're like, I just want to point out yeah. that I said that. That was just a brain <laughs> fart happening. That's, yeah. uh, I just want you to know that I know that I said that. <laughs> God, how many stupid, dumbass things have we said over the last five years? So many. Probably more At than least five. I have, yeah. More than five, less God. than six. Somewhere <laughs> in there. Maybe seven all-time stupid things. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I don't... I guess I, if I listen to too many of the old ones that just come on the forums, like, okay, I'm sorry I said this. That is the <laughs> dumbest thing that I've ever said. Yeah. yeah. Clearly wrong. It's okay. Later in like 100 no. years, a committee will start editing down your statements. And yeah, exactly. Cast yeah, you in the light they want you in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they will, yes, only uh, selectively uh, remember. If you could recast one member of this troupe, who would you recast? Linda Forentino. Really? Yeah. I would have gone with I. I think I would have gone with Chris Rock. Really? Yeah, I think Chris Rock. Or maybe Rock. Selma Hayek. Who Who would you replace Chris Rock with? Um, an actor. Oh. <laughs> they don't need to be. Well, I, no, I. I mean, at this point, Chris Rock's a comedian largely, uh, and I would have just it, it, I, that role doesn't need to be played by a comedian. He's got some like rejoiners, but he doesn't actually have to have stand up charisma. He just has to be a guy. He's Rufus. He's just he was a disciple. He's a comedian in this movie because Chris Rock is a comedian, but. So, I, I think I th- for? Woo. Well, yeah, obviously he could have done that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Chiwetel Ejiofor can act so I, hard that the air conditioning turns on for you. <laughs> but, you know. I think they, I, Linda Fiorentino, I, I, I think, does fine. Yeah, I think she's... She doesn't bother me. Perfectly fine. But. <laughs> I it, Yeah, it's not that she does bad. It's just, I like, we, like we've said already, it's a really strong cast. So, it's not... It's not it doesn't really seem to yeah. me to be an obvious weak link. I, I that, agree that, that moment Chris with Rock Chris, is, that moment with Chris Rock just then was actually probably his worst line which line one? reading where Metatron sits down and he goes the voice <laughs> bum, and, he, bum, and even and even Rickman seems to like mock his performances like <laughs> the, the, the apostle <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah okay fine we're doing that scene then yeah so I would have gone with Chris Rock I think. Well, there was a thing that we cast uh, him with Sigourney Weaver. One of <laughs> one of the people that uh, Kevin Smith had wanted for the role of Bethany Sloan was um, Alonzo Morissette. Also, uh, Gillian Anderson. G- Gillian Anderson. Gillian yeah. Anderson. But uh, he had wanted um, um, Alonzo Morissette, but she couldn't do it because she was doing a world tour. So mm, that that's why jerk. He, that's, that's why she's that's why God. He, that's why she's God because it was kind of like a, a consolation prize. Right. Like, Can I release this? I kind of like her as God though. I think she does great as God. I think I think there's probably an unintended, or maybe maybe they they realized it. But it's like you cast a singer as somebody who nobody can stand to listen to. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a little. I don't know what you're saying there, but okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I thought um, I think I think her performance is, is as just this kind of you know wacky. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, it's 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 all. She's basically playing like a manic pixie dream god. Yeah. yeah. Is, is really what it <laughs> yeah. is. Manic pixie dream god. Yeah. yeah. Oh god, Zoe Deschanel is god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You <Ew>, know. <laughs> <laughs> Did he say you? Pancakes yeah. for dinner? You know. 
Like it wasn't even knows you. No. no. Let's go to the diner and order ice cream. We had a conversation about that. There was a, a forum back in the day called MP2K that a lot of the TFN people used to hang out on. And there was a thread, who would you cast as God? And it's an, actually, it's a really difficult thing because once you get through all of your gravitas actors and you get Morgan Freeman out of the way right, right up front, then it's like, who do you cast as God? And uh, one of uh, one of our friends, Adam Bertacci, his answer was, I think I would actually cast someone like or Kevin Smith. Because he's got this interesting, unflappable affableness where he doesn't seem to get worked up about it, but he's just sort of there. And hey, man, yeah, sort of taking everything as a he just sort of unflappable and very casual about things. Someone like that might be the right way to go with that. If you're going to cast God. I I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Someone with that vibe where it's hey, man, it's cool. You know, whatever. I think the the answer to the question of who would you cast as God really. Should we tell Edgy for? Sure. (laughs) He could do that, too. Uh is really is is an expression of how you view the universe itself. Like, I was about to say Joss m- Whedon would be a good god, but there you go. Wow. It's like the meanness <laughs> the meanness of the person, I think, is a good gauge of how of what you think yeah, about how, the, the how universe. cold and uncaring you <laughs> think the universe is. Like because when you asked the question, what popped into my head right away? Alan Rickman. And I wonder if I if I view the universe unkindly for oh, that reason. Oh, no. He's got he's Well, got I was thinking Bill him. Murray, so. Yeah, yeah. Bill, <laughs> Murray. Bill Murray. I could see Bill Murray pulling it off. No, Bill Murray is definitely the universe. He's got exactly <laughs> the... Per- where it's mean, but you're like, yeah, but what am I going to do about it? It's <laughs> but I've got to be okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't, it wouldn't it suck if it was like Jesse Eisenberg? Oh, like, God. Yeah, I would exactly. <laughs> <laughs> They're Hicks, Rita. Yeah. <laughs> Morons. Your bus is leaving. I could I, I could also I, I I just use her as a punchline joke, but I could also see Sigourney Weaver playing God. She's just got that collected stateliness. No, but she kind of did that in Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, I was going to say that kind of. Or even Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton could do it. Well, Tilda Swinton. She just got ethereal offness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Her her role in Constantine is Gabriel. Exactly yeah. the, <laughs> okay, I'll give Chris Rock that one. They can get back into heaven, and then he makes this funny face. <laughs> That's a good face. <laughs> This is actually uh, another thing that's unique about this particular Smith film. It's very, like we talked about, it's idea heavy. It's also plot heavy. Like yeah. there's there's some there's very serious things going on. There are stakes and stuff like that. And there's we, thing A, then thing uh, B. Yeah, we, so thing B. We talked over, um, which is fine, but we talked. Well, that's kind of what we do here. Yeah, <laughs> but we talked we talked past the scene of of them in the restaurant discussing right okay here's I, where I this no came from here right. here here's what we can do here's what we can't do here's what we need to do and laying out all of that stuff mm-hmm. and that is not a thing in any other kevin smith movie that That's i can true. think of well i mean he mall rats when he's gonna swing across the hallway and <laughs> hang up the linchpin <laughs> yeah, okay we, <laughs> he has a heist should, plan we should also give him a, a significant amount of credit for making a plot based around like the intricacies of Catholic yeah. loopholes, yeah, and like making a functioning plot. I like that. that's but that's my that's the thing that before everything else I like about this movie. I just like that vibe. I like. By the way, like New Jersey that. is not that hilly. <laughs> New Jersey is flat. Mm. That's a bummer. Well, actually, I mean it's a little hillier in the north, but where I am, it's flat. I love this part where they uh, I they make that much- realization that that he's the kind of asshole that would. Uh, bless bless his, his, yeah. his, his oh, golf yeah. clubs, yeah. I wonder how much uh, they got for having all this Miller. It's the, Miller time. Yeah, they have a Miller genuine draft thing in the background. They got little Miller-like coasters. I think he's drinking one. So, 
I that's that's probably helped them get <laughs> some of the that probably helped them buy the poop monster. Well, the the right beers there. on the train had all the labels removed. Mm. All mm. right. Well, let's do the let's do the old school. What are you doing movie run on this thing? What's what's wrong with this movie? What needs fixing here? I would just tighten up some drafts and if I could get more time with the actors to hammer out some performances. Yeah. And I'd lose the Golgothan scene. I like And actually Golgothan. I might I might even lose the Muse stuff too. I, I don't think she actually contributes that much to it. I I might try to because there's already a thousand characters in this movie. Either lose them or try to amp them up a little bit more so that they're a little more intricate, yeah. I- I- integrated. I agree with that. Yeah. Because I like them. I like the Golgoth and I like her performance as the muse. But you're right. You could cut them with and, and make very little difference uh, to to the overarching plot or story of, of uh, Bethany's kind of journey of faith. I could do with more of the little demons trying to be obnoxious gnats. Yeah, you see very little of them. Yeah, I think it would be fun if they were in it more and they were just trying to do their thing, but they were kind of shitty at it. (laughs) (laughs) They were were bumbling fuck-up demons? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's sort of what he's implying, but we we don't see much of that. Yeah, but you only see little blips of it. You don't see them enough. There there definitely is a uh, Starscream quality to them. It's like, okay, I need you to go do this mission. Oh, you fucked up that mission. All right. Well, I need to go do this other mission. All right. Well, they're like the little helpers in uh, Nightmare Before Christmas that go and kidnap yeah. Sandy Claus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but you don't. You see them fail, but you don't see them do like um, Lock, Shock, and Barrel, where they completely do the wrong thing. They they don't just fail in yeah, their. They're objective. not bad at their job. They're they just, yeah. They don't care about what they you su- want them to do. They succeed in an objective, but it is the wrong one. Right. But as it is, yeah, they just occasionally show up when he's around. I'm actually, yeah, okay. I like Jason the, Lee's a little uh, facey, yeah, facey, yeah. I like the button on this scene though, where he cracks up at the joke. <laughs> he's That's like, a great oh, one. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Even the demon's like, dude, <laughs> shut up, get up here, man. Yeah, get with it. It's just it. that Carlin kind of looks good in the robes. I mean, he looks like the part. Oh, he pulls oh, it off. Oh, anybody can look good in those robes. Come yeah. on. Really? Well, it works for Lady Gaga. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. I can't believe we're like running out of things on, on Dogma. And it's like less than 90 minute movie. No, it's less a two hour movie. Well, I'm sure we no, could go on forever discussing the, uh, That's two hours the religious nuances of it, but maybe we don't want to go that in depth. <laughs> no, let's shit on religion for a while. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I wash, uh, I wash my hands of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're getting so to... Did he, uh, your, so your deconversion, yes. uh, did that occur after you were done with... Uh, you got derezzed. Derezzed? Yes. Did that occur after you were done with Catholic school? That was after high school. It was it was pretty much after college, too. Really? Yeah. You went all the way through college? Yeah. Wow. So it, 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 had, it was a completely separate thing to, to kind to of... To Catholic that. school. Yeah. Can I say, I really admire the people who grew up with religion and then were able like you were able at some point to go uh i don't think so and people who were really deep into it because i i that's not my experience at all i was completely i had no religious upbringing whatsoever other than the fact that my mom was like no i want you to go to the private school and the private school just happened to be catholic there was really no there was really no conversion for you yeah yeah to, to me and i i don't mean this disrespectfully to religious people but this is what it felt like to me at the time as a kid, I was just like, you know, I don't think Santa Claus is real. And then a little while later, I went, you know, I don't think there's all that much difference between Santa Claus and God. And for me at the time, it was a very undramatic 
personal revelation. It was just like, that's just the way it seemed like. And I was, and it wasn't until I started telling other people this thought that I thought was, that I had no idea how controversial <laughs> it was going to end up being. Uh, and it that shouldn't I start, be that controversial. Yeah. Because that's essentially the, that's, that's essentially the simpler version of, of, what my ultimate conclusion was too just quite a long time later right sure yeah well because you had a lot more to yeah. to work through the yeah you know, the stuff that I, I i didn't come preloaded with um but Bloat, i, I really bloatware. i really admire yeah. the people that like you that did that that came with all of that stuff preloaded and were still able because i'm not sure that i would have been able to with that with that i'm not sure it ever would have occurred to me i don't know um, it's a a, a it depends on it, it depends very much on kind of circumstance and and what you end up being exposed to because i was exposed to a lot of you know that you can be exposed to any number of arguments and it's always the one you know there's like the one that kind of flips the switch a little bit and you start heading down the that path that path yeah um and any number of people just maybe aren't exposed to it or they're exposed to it older or younger you know and that kind of thing but um yeah it's hard to say it's what was yours for me it was the first little crack that appeared there for me it was when i was um i was trying to learn and i've i've talked about this like on the forum and stuff but um i was trying to learn more about about religion uh, and about my religion about christianity because uh the idea was i need to be able to there are tough questions about it there are there are complicated and and you know confusing questions about it and i wanted to be able to speak to those i wanted to be able to kind of answer them um if people had the conversation with me if people asked me um and i came across the the most difficult question is also the simplest question which is what makes that what makes christianity any more true than any other religion right what makes it any more true than any of the mythologies that we dismiss as mythologies because nobody even believes them anymore but they did at the time right um and i actually i came across that question it was a recounting of a conversation between C.S. Lewis and Tolkien, actually, um, because Lewis converted to, to Christianity and, and uh, Tolkien was kind of his, his guide through that, although Tolkien was a Catholic and Lewis became a Protestant and there was some tension between them due to that. But um, for, uh, So Lewis asked Tolkien that question. He was like, why is, you know, early on in his, his conversion, he's like, okay, I'm, I'm in it and stuff like that, but what is it? How is how is this more more true than any of those? And Tolkien was like, it just is, and I guess that was okay for C.S. Lewis. <laughs> he was like, oh, gotcha, of course. Duh. Um, <laughs> Fuck but, me for asking. Yeah, but I read that and I was like, even as you know, as a as a devout believer, I was like, that is the worst answer ever. That's terrible. That's not competitive. Who? What? How? How is that an okay answer? I'm like, no, there has to be a better answer than that. There has to be. Um, and so I tried to find it and the harder i looked the more clear it became that there wasn't one and i was like okay it's not it's not and that was you know that's where that went and there it goes yeah and then the rest kind of came it follows f- fell from that yeah yeah and then something something like lightsaber fights well, I mean, yeah exactly that's <laughs> that's just like the the whole um debate the, the bill nye debate that just happened yeah i was like so what's your side because god is awesome yeah. woo that, yeah. Really? That's your explanation? There's a book that explains that. <laughs> yeah. There, uh, I was, so my God nothing. is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we just we we have um, we have Jehovah's Witnesses in our in our neighborhood that that come around every once in a while. And we just 
just this week they came around again and they left a pamphlet and right on it, it it's you know it's talking about have you ever you know wondered the answers to these these questions you know what is our purpose and blah 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 well that's like the of every religion there, yeah well exactly and it's like there are many you know many religions and many books that will say they have the answer but only one does and I'm sitting there like this is the same why why is well, it yeah, yours that's, that's the whole <laughs> idea that everyone has the exact same questions in life whether you're black or white or green or purple yeah. or young or old we all want to know the same sort of questions and every single religion is like we know yeah. we can help you come here yeah so it's just which basically whichever one you're closest to when you ask those questions is yeah. the one that snags you by giving you the first answer. Yeah, that's why it normally. I mean, at least historically, it's been whatever your parents believe. Yeah, but yeah, we're entering into a world where everybody is connected to the rest of the world, you know, so intrinsically that's that it's harder and harder Ooh. to maintain those scripts. cheesecake show. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> it really it it actually um yeah going going back to the. Right behind him in that window, I'm like, is that a green screen that they just didn't bother to do anything with? Because that really bothers me. Or maybe <laughs> just like almost like stained glass. Yeah, it's like a stained glass or something. I'll, I'll give was, it that. That's a wall or that something. That was a really but. good shot, by the way. It is a good effect. The 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 chest into shattering. His chest, yeah. yeah. And I really I like want to try doing that. By the, the bar yeah. slide. <laughs> yeah. And again, uh, um, Silent Bob's performance here, where you know. Azrael is kind of dying, and Bob is like, "I'm, sh- I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I, yeah. like, I had no idea. Like, I, I don't know what <laughs> you told me, and I, uh, I didn't think it was going to work. I didn't know either. it was going to be gross. <laughs> yeah, Jay, calm down, calm down, Jay. <laughs> Jay's just so excited to get to kill someone. That's all that is. Now. Yeah. And the demon doesn't have a hoodie. Yeah, that's true. He does not have a hoodie. Because he, he, he lost his, his halo. Yeah, he's technically... Oh, well, he's that, a muse, so I guess he was an angel, or he was whatever they decided that muses are in this particular um Well, yeah, because, because the other muse doesn't have a halo either. Oh, right, yeah. In the chat room previously, Guest mentioned that Putin should play God. <laughs> Putin. Ugh. You have a really fucked up idea of the world. <laughs> yeah. Guest. <laughs> That's not entirely inaccurate to some versions of, of the Bible, though. And uh, so I, I got to give that. Yeah, to some sections of the Bible. Yeah. I like the dead guy just chilling. Yeah. yeah. This movie almost feels like a comic book, doesn't it? Yes. That doesn't surprise me. It feels very like episodic, very set PC. Yeah. Yeah. Very, yeah. very, yeah. very from sequence beat to beat. Sequence to sequence to sequence. Yeah. Like I can imagine this being a graphic novel. Yes. Look at this crane shot. Shit. It's a you, big crane. You can tell like this was a big day for them. Like oh, yeah. all this set dressing, all these extras. We're gonna have a crane. Yeah, we uh, need to use the crane. But the, the crane. Ah. <laughs> You're scared of the crane. <laughs> uh, the yeah, a little bit of trivia. The the gag where God shows up and cleans everything up. Um, apparently wasn't originally scripted but the church was like uh could you get all the murder off our street please <laughs> and, <laughs> and smith was like you know what you guys have been so cool yes and they cleaned it up immediately and he was like we're just gonna write it in fucking god cleans it that's what we're gonna do we're gonna have her run out and then she blinks and it's gone like we, we're not gonna leave this up any longer that's hilarious <laughs> well presumably they were going to clean it when they were done anyway yeah, yeah i guess the church was just like could you clean it up now could you clean it now before you have finished shooting he's like yeah we'll work it into the story that's fine i like the fact that one of the first things he does as a human is get drunk yeah because he can now yeah <laughs> well that uh, plus 
you know, he, he's got he's hitched his post up with Bartleby. And now yeah. it's like, ah, oh, damn it. I'm careening yeah. into insanity and I can't really get out of this. Yeah, he's sure back the wrong horse there. Mm, Matt Damon is good at this. He's the I believe him and Rickman the most of anyone in this movie. Yes. If only they let us jerk off. <laughs> that was a line from the movie, by the way. That was like Brian's continuation <laughs> of my point. Yes. <laughs> Matt Damon is such a good actor. If only I think Alan like... Rickman and Matt Damon are the most believable characters. Oh, if only oh, they yeah. let us jerk off. <laughs> like Matt Damon and Alan Rickman are preventing like, us. They're like, they're like, they're like, <laughs> like a gladiatorial king and he's just like, thumbs up. <laughs> Listen, if Alan Rickman showed up and said, Brian, do not masturbate anymore. I'm like, no. okay. <laughs> I do not. It's going to be, there's going to be a problem, but you can't have a one. But you said so. But you no. said so. You're Alan fucking Rickman. So, so. not there. The business, no. the, the business Stop with them, doing that. Uh, with them being asexual actually uh, is part of, of certain um, biblical stories. One of the, one of the stories of, of Noah, I, I, in the um gosh i can't remember the the name of it but um the early version of what's now the old testament uh that that they've since removed stuff with uh that that had um adam's first wife the apocrypha no um i can't remember what it's called but anyway there there's the the more expanded version of the story uh the the angels were having were, were having sex and having children with humans um, ah, okay. And and that's that's actually was the last straw that that God sent the flood, right? Um, for for Noah, he's like, nope, this is too, no, you you this is wrong, and so we're gonna stop this. Um, there's a reference to them, uh, that I can't remember the name. It starts with an E. Um, I can't remember anything about this right now. Um. It's because the majesty the of Ben Affleck is yeah, blinding you. Exactly. Um, this scene, by the way, is funny because it's a total James Bond moment. Because it's like, well, we could have achieved our you know, evil plans, but we wanted to explain our plot to you first before we walk right. through yeah. the archer. Which is monologuing. And yeah. the, 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 the irony, or maybe, maybe it's deliberate, being that um, Azrael specifically said, nope, I've seen too many James Bond movies to, <laughs> to tell you my plan when I think I've won. Yeah, and they could have actually accomplished their goal if they weren't showboating. Yeah. Or I get well, I guess they're waiting for the cops to show up and kill them. So when when does he say that line, the James Bond line? Is it in he, the scene? He, or is it was, it earlier? No, it was in the in bar. the bar before he got in the bar. Yeah, hit with the golf club. Well, when she asks him um, if they want walk through the arches, he says, "We were waiting for your arrival." Wow. Oh. So they were waiting Nephilim? for them to Nephilim, show. Nephilim, yes, I Nephilim. just thanks, thank Praxis. Those are the children of the angels that God went, nope, that's, we're done here. <laughs> you goddamn half-breeds. Yeah. God went, that is some fucked up yeah. shit. <laughs> God's into eugenics. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't want to cross the, he doesn't want to cross the streams. He well, wants these people to stay these people, those people to stay those people, and let's get rid of those people. Well, he invented well, that with the Tower of Babel, too. God? Yeah. No, he's not. He's, no, dude, God's an asshole. God old, is the bad old, guy. Old Testament <laughs> God is a fucking asshole. The hardcore. You asshole. you read the Bible. God is the villain. Oh, this like, is such a, a sad scene. He's like, no, I'm uh, gonna I'm gonna stand up for myself. And he's like, oh, honey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, sweetie. God. You just <laughs> you just have to listen. Oh, let's just sit down. Did you lose he your phone? He just immediately becomes this like five year old boy. Yeah. It's really sad. 
And if well, it's and that's kind of the there's point. A, there's a hint that there's, yeah. that's always been their relationship. Is that ultimately he's always been the little brother. The, the little brother. He's yeah. always kind of yeah. followed whatever Bartleby told him to do. Um, and it never worked out for him. It got him kicked out of heaven, and it got him human and killed, and I guess in hell now probably. But God probably gave him a mulligan on that. Um, <laughs> It, and he I, would have used those terms because God does like golf. Yeah. Well, no, God likes skee-ball. We established that. I never liked skee-ball that much. I never played it without cheating. Walking up and just putting <laughs> yeah. the thingy? I'm pretty good at skee-ball, actually, oh, without yeah. cheating. <laughs> How are you when you're cheating? Oh, phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't it suck if you were awful at skee-ball even when you were cheating? <laughs> <laughs> you try to put it in that hole and you just can't. Well, I think it helped that I worked at Chuck E. Cheese when I was a kid. Ah. You worked at Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah, my first job. Was there any like interesting fucked up behind the scenes eyes wide shut shit going on? I've always thought that. <laughs> eyes wide well, shut there, there were a few times I had to dress up as the rat. Oh. It's awful. It's like a hula hoop with pants attached to it with suspenders. Mm-hmm. And then the head is just like a football helmet wrapped in uh, styrofoam. Oh. And every every move you make has to be really exaggerated. So you have to kind of swing your arms and legs when you walk. Or you you have to look walk a little... like a Nazi, right? Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you look a little bit fruity because the, the, um, the, the costume is so large. Yeah. And then there's times swishy. where like at the end of every day, we'd have to put on knee pads and crawl through the tube system with like a, a spray bottle and a... They cleaned those? Yeah, every night because oh. we have to clean up all the puke and the pee and everything. Oh. Once a week, we'd This take is like having hermit crabs. <laughs> it's just the most disgusting thing that looks fun from the outside. Once a week, we would take all the balls out of the pit, put it in a big trash bag and do a mix of uh, bleach and water and just swish it and then pour it back in. <laughs> just bleach oh. and vinegar. Mm-hmm. We lost a lot of good men that year. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys did that, at least. <laughs> There's that. I actually don't have any gross stories about the food. Huh. That's... Yeah. Aside from eating it, I guess. <laughs> aside <laughs> no. from it existing. Yeah. No, I like Chuck E. Cheese The pizza, fries were good. Actually. <laughs> I remember the pizza being really bad. Well, the is point of accurate? it... I mean, the point of Chuck E. Cheese is it's a place where you can take your kids, someone else will look after them, and you can have pizza and beer. Yeah. yeah. Like, it being good food is, like, second to, do you have beer? Yeah, it's, hey, hey, this 15-year-old getting minimum wage, watch my 15 children. I'm going to go get drunk in the parking lot. Oh, nice. God bless America. <laughs> oh, we were lucky if we got like a $5 tip after the end of it. We're going to yeah. sing and dance and everything. Ugh. Well, who's going to tip at Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah, I would never have occurred to me to tip at Chuck E. No. Cheese. I'm sorry. We just don't think of you as people, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> now I it's will. It's okay. I was, I was rolling big on my five fifteen an hour paycheck. So, oh, boy. Yeah. Now, if I go to Chuck E. Cheese, I'll know the tip, but I probably just won't go to Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> was that in Texas? Yeah. Yeah. It was I, in Texas, is, and it was a long, long time ago. This is some really gooey work on the on the destroyed on the wings. wings. Yeah, the the blood and destruction is really. I think it's great. They feel substantial in yeah. a way that you don't typically get. With yeah, no, I, like that. I believe them. Yeah, I absolutely yeah, exactly. believe them. There are, there are a little, like you guys were saying, um, with, with Metatrons, the little stumps are a bit mechanical yeah. the way they move. but They um, look like they'd hurt, look You just imagine that there's yeah, nerves in yeah. there and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Like you're touching like a, like a compound fracture when you're doing that? Yeah. Like, Chicken ow, wing. ow, ow. Mm. Yeah, so here's here's the bit where his reaction here is like, he's he's bringing a level that you would not expect someone to bring to this mo- to this movie. <laughs> you would not expect Ben Affleck in a Kevin Smith movie. Ben Affleck's tiny little baby teeth are freaking me out. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Actually, I've always, I've always, so much, I've always, okay. no, I've always thought that he pulls off the dramatic rising camera laughing into the sun laugh uh-huh. better than anyone else I've ever seen do it. That's true. He really does commit to it in a way where it's like that move is such a dream, though. Like everyone at some point in their life has wanted to go like, ah, yeah. There's not, not even in who, a movie. I just th- want to do it. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's I just not many people who sky. can actually pull off a maniacal laugh that's gaining acceleration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. in a way that's convincing. There should be that should be like a, a test, like acting should, the, with the capital A. The establishment should have like driver's ed tests, and it's like you can't act in certain movies until you can pull off a maniacal aggressive laugh, yeah. like with when it when it catches up steam. It's al- it's also a great great touch that to save the day she has to commit euthanasia. Yeah, I was gonna that's, say that's it's interesting that that this there's this pro euthanasia moment in this movie. Um, it it's very confusing to me why she's injured the way she is what kills her exactly it was, it was well in the a, shot they little, think, do a little blast of lightning yeah the, the lightning does it but it lightning, goes it goes fire. so fast power of god type stuff yeah it goes it goes thing. so fast <laughs> I, I i've always hey, hey, missed it everyone show respect right now yeah god's on the screen you ought to know <laughs> <laughs> it's ironic though Boop. I know. <laughs> third thing i forgot the, i forgot more songs <laughs> <laughs> bitch oh. that's a song no that's that's, a a, song. that's, that's oh that's mary brooks that's right yep i would have gotten there eventually it's just Napster always said it was the latest more set. <laughs> so I've got that in my head. I didn't steal music. <laughs> I've said too much. I can't go back to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Mike just grabs his computer and opens up the door. <laughs> With an MP3 player. Just kind of rocking out as he goes. I wonder if it's actually a statement about euthanasia. I mean, it's an interesting... When you frame it that way, that's interesting. But I don't think Smith was intending to make a point about euthanasia. That's just the next step. If uh, God is confined no, to a dying body, but I they're keeping him alive. No, I think no, I think, no, it's I think he did. Yeah, yeah, he because, had to have. Because well, what, well, what's, it, he, no, what's he saying with because it? Because it works. It works back into the theme of you know, don't get caught up in the bureaucracy of religion, Be- which which euthanasia yeah. and a stance against I euthanasia mean it, is part of Catholicism. It, it opens up the the movie opens up the second scene after they you know the the flyboys beat the crap out of the guy is the priest talking about how the this how yeah. the catholic church is preventing them from pulling the oh, plug on yeah. him yeah yeah and so they they were actually standing in so the way so is this like kevin smith like getting a dig in like if this happened then look what catholicism would be it's doing kind of it i, That's I mean such a weird like, straw man though but like but like he was saying it's a, if it's, god was in bud court and bud court was in a coma but it's it's look what you would do what he's saying is it's a theme of your it's more concerned about it, it's more concerned about the the, these, this belief structure it's more con- I guess this is where the you know the title comes in it's more concerned about the dogma than about the people that have to live yes, in it right yeah. yeah Vogons well that's the whole thing about like uh, the, the pro-choice anti-abortion yeah. argument yeah they don't actually care yeah it, well, it's, right yeah, in fact yeah, there's, yeah, there's a gag it's, in not about, it's not about the people anymore it's yeah. about the rules and yeah. the rule book yeah yeah I mean in that same in that same monologue he's talking about how the the they're having you know their their uh, anti-abortion group and and the the pro-choice. Just his face. What the fuck happened to that guy's head? I love that. Which which is. But he he talks about how they have softball games. It's like it's not even a real thing. They're just fighting it because they're supposed to fight it. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just love his turn. This and the other. What the oh, fuck happened yeah. to that guy's head? <laughs> which like, I would totally be that person. Yeah. By the end just of this going movie. down the list of all the things you're bewildered by. Yeah. 
I like that it brought back the. Uh, oh, also, we we talked past it, but holy shit, you're right. Even Alan Rickman has the is doing the coat with a hoodie poking out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're all doing that. I had never noticed that. It's a cool look. I kind of like that look. It's classy, but also casual. You know. Yeah. So here's please get all this murder quick, off of our street. Yeah. The quick cleanup. <laughs> of oh, uh, we're done. Good. Okay. Yes, we know you have a crane. Yeah, no. they're really using the crane today. Well, you know, they had to get as many shots as they could, and they all had it for the day. Yeah. It really does feel like we got this crane for one day. We got to get our money's worth <laughs> out of it. We did not rent this for one shot. I like that. I want to believe that Alan Rickman ad-libbed. ad-libbed you missed that. a bit. Yeah. You missed a spot. No. <laughs> you can't no, jack I off have a machine gun. Oh, whoa. My grab oh. thaws. I'm bad at Alan Rickman, but it's fun to try. <laughs> I think Alan Rickman is a really hard one to do for some reason. You have to make this perfect like little reverb chamber in your nose for Aww, it to work. Oh, no. sad. Sad Kevin Smith. Sad. <laughs> She's so heavy. He even And he seems confused, too. I'm like, I'm not even sure why this happened. Lea, Lea, no, Linda's supposed to be walking in the scene. She just refuses to. Plot-wise, I don't quite... <laughs> I'm the writer and director, and I don't understand this plot yeah. development. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She just didn't want to she tried to walk off the set. She wouldn't walk it. It's like it's like those kids yeah. in in like the the grocery store. They just don't. They just flop on the ground. Like a mule. They're not gonna come. It's come to- with the, you anymore. It's the toddler civil disobedience. Yeah. No. Go well, limp. All right. Fine. You got shot by God. That's what we're doing in this scene, then, and I'm gonna carry you in. That's what's gonna happen now. Well, as he as he just said, one of the drawbacks to being a martyr is that you have to die. Yeah. Uh. This this was a little bit. I don't I don't think they need. <laughs> Alan Rickman cracks me up. I feel like he that reaction was like I don't think we need to explain what's about to happen. She's God and she's going to heal them because I mean it's it, you you have Salma Hayek the muse being like how is this going to be okay? It's like Deus ex machina. You've got God standing right there. Did you see what she did to the street? She could do that. She can fix this. Come on. She has the technology. She has the technology. I do get the bit of a feeling like Alan Rickman is kind of rolling his eyes at the <laughs> Kevin Smith dialogue. Yeah. Wax f- on, wax off. <sighs> <laughs> Go. Go, just just do it. Say the words. I'm so bad at it. <laughs> it's fun. But I, you're not that bad at it. You're pretty, you're I like sorry. the, the I him. Alanis Morissette right, kind right. of. She's like, woo, look, it's totally I like that she's wearing boxers. Girl. Yeah. Yeah. But she's she's smelling the roses. I'm gonna wear boxers with a skirt. And Mike, have why don't you do that with night. your sideburns? You should eh? do that with your sideburns. That's cool. Make them pointy. Yeah, dude. That's it's like it's like Arliss Loveless meets Vulcan on sideburns. I've done that occasionally, and then it just gets you know bushy again. I'm like, nah, it's not worth it. Hey, that's unclean touch. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> bad that's touch. A bit, that's a bit aggressive. Then. There, it's a, I made an adult. Giant hands. Yeah. What are you looking at, Linda? <laughs> hey, she's looking at like God. Oh, a, a likely excuse. Yeah, she's looking at her cue card. God, who can't do a handstand? Cause she gave, cause she, no, because she's doing a Marlon Brando thing. She's like, I'm not memorizing this shit. You know what? Fine, just put it on a card, and I'll look at it and look sad. I don't know that that's true, but based on, casting aspersions because we're bored. Yeah, exactly. Well, so okay, not much else to say. Well, the, so mean, the idea is that she <laughs> she has a virgin birth going on now. So is she have the second coming of Jesus inside of her? No, is it's, that the, implication? it's the, the last scion means part of the, the family, but it's not. No, I, I know what the scion, but she was she just endowed her with a virgin yeah. birth, right? So who's in no, there? No, an immaculate conception. There's a difference. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Immaculate conception. Um, 
But still, it's an immaculate conception, and who is in there? Uh, someone else. Someone right. who's going to have to do what she's Bill. doing. But not, Bill. But Bill. not Bill. a new you're, no, no, Brian, you're Bill right. Christ. Because they set up earlier that she lost her uterus. Yeah. And this is God just like being a nice God and being like, I got you a uterus. Thanks yeah. for your help. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. when you do that, that's that's immaculate conception. Doesn't that mean something more in this? And I don't think it does. Yeah. Right. No. It just means you're going to have like, a baby. Like, and it's like if Linda Fiorentino had lost her foot, God would have given her a foot. And that yeah. wouldn't have been. A, that, OK, that's fine. But when it's I want a baby. Uh oh, we but have that, just but, intersected with a really t- I, crucial tenet but that, of what but we're doing but here. But that's that's the thing is like, can you have an immaculate conception? And it's just like John. And it's like, yeah, it's like it's 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 Bob. This is this is this whatever. Is, yeah, the, 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 I do like this maybe is, maybe Ch- Chad Christ. The answer Chad to Christ. you know the answer like why are we here and God just goes boop. Yeah, I was Burp. like, that's perfect. That the the meaning of life is fuck you. I'm bored. <laughs> like fuck I'll, you. It's funny. I do like I like that. That's the how they get out of the scene. Although I always felt like she's making a sound there that should have like knocked down the yeah, windows. Yeah, I thought that too. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a word, so it's okay, I guess. Tell that to my Scrabble dictionary. Boop. Six points. It's actually merp. 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 Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lord. I'm so sorry, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Merp. The word of the Lord. I have taken your merp in vain. <laughs> merp. Thanks be unto him. By the way, they've changed the mass. I don't know how how many of you guys have been back, but you mean recently? Yeah. How recently? I don't know, but I I mean I stopped <laughs> going to mass obviously when I when I graduated Catholic high school, and then I went I I went to like three in a row because I I went to a Catholic funeral and then a couple of days later a Catholic wedding, and so you know there's a whole call and response that I just pretty much do automatically because I you know. I don't even think, realize that my mouth is doing that. Yeah. There's just this automatic response. And I was giving the wrong responses. And I'm like, what the hell? And it turns out they have changed some of the call and response. I'm like, really? They had those for 2,000 years. And the 10 years that I'm not going to mass, they change it on me? Well, no. They, I mean, they changed it in the 60s. I guess that's true. So. Yeah. About a year ago. It was about ago. a year ago. Oh, yeah. really? That recently? Wow. Wow. God changed his mind. Yeah. Or the the churches. I, I can't remember... Um, I can't remember what what is it exactly they are. Was well, it kind of like the Scientology it? thing where they're like, okay, so we know that this is what we said, but we just found this new page, you guys, and now we're going to do it this way. The, well, um, <laughs> Nick Cage found it on the back of the like for example, for example, the <laughs> there's the the call and response that I that I often almost fell in fall into all the time with with Star Wars form was when people say the Lord be with you and also with you and you say and also with you, but they don't <laughs> yeah. say that they don't say and also with you. They say and with your spirit. Ew. That's what they've changed. That's not what we to. said. No. Or what? No, I'm saying that's, that's the new I'm one. saying that's the new one. Oh, that's now the new they one. say and oh. with your spirit. Oh. And I'm sitting there like eh. weird. <laughs> that was the one part of mass I thought was fun because I was quoting Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's a couple of them that they've basically changed along that theme. Like instead of saying you or I, it says your spirit, my spirit. Like that's kind of the the way that they've. Is that like them adopting, like being cool with trans people? No, I don't think so. But (laughs) they don't like pronouns anymore. (laughs) Well, you isn't a gender specific. Yeah, not to you, maybe. Okay, this is a really random privilege question thing. I miss what they did. This is a question that occurred to me the other day because I've been trying to like get better at Spanish. What? So we have this whole like big debate about pronouns with transgender and you know people getting used to that being part of culture now. But how does that work with transgender people in languages with gendered pronouns? Hmm. Zay, you make up one. Well, 
I think. I but think, like, is somebody is a Spanish person somewhere? Well, you don't have up? like transgendered apples or anything. It's just no, about no, people. no, no. So yeah, there's gender fucking Manzana. I hate. That. <laughs> 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 so we're not. Yeah, we're not talking about apples, but like you know, <laughs> la mujer or el yeah. hombre. So not cool. Well, you just you just identify them as. As whatever, well, as whatever like gender. Specific- if they're trans, if they're a transgendered man, you would just say el hombre. El, el hombre. Yeah, yeah, and and specifically with with the the Spanish language, most of the time you just sort of, uh, if there if there's any sort of doubt, you just go with the male, mm. male version yeah. of it. Um, but there patriarchy. are there are certain like, gender totally. well, actually yes, yeah. <laughs> precisely, yeah, yeah. absolutely is the patriarchy yeah. right there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not a joke. That's why that language is constructed that way. Yeah, but and I mean, and I'm so sure I'm sure there are some sort of. Uh, uh, word for that. Yeah, I just don't know what it is. <laughs> See, I was just burrito. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure like somebody <laughs> out there is you know trying to figure that out right now. I just it was just a random question that occurred to me the other day, and I was like, how somebody right now out there somewhere is dealing with this, mm. and I wonder what they're thinking. <laughs> well, I just go with the the them, they. Yeah, but it, but even Spanish, that has, it doesn't it work that yeah, way. Spanish true. and French. That's true. And, yeah. Dogma's a good movie. Yeah, sorry. So it's fun to watch. <laughs> sorry, everybody. No, it's okay. This <laughs> it's not well, like we ran. Hey yeah. guys, the movie ended. We, yeah. ran in, we ran into the kind of problem, which is the reason that we don't often do comedies. Which and is, it's probably the reason it hadn't occurred to me why we've kept avoiding Kevin Smith. But that's probably why. Yeah, it is. This is the one we had the most to say about. Yeah, it's yeah. it's what do you what do you say other than pointing out other than narrating other right. than saying this is the joke they're doing this is the conversation they're having it's difficult to do um, with, with Howard Shore score I didn't movies know that. that are powering through pretty well oh, conducted, conducted by conducted sure. i think it no i think he, he wrote it as well i think it yeah. said that but uh that they're, they're not always the same thing yeah, so they are created by separately. howard sure yeah mm. no he wrote it it's, it's said earlier okay cool wrote it. right on but because different people orchestrate all the time yeah anyway. mixed by howard sure so he was in there man <laughs> uh that brian yes that um uh, every, everything we said at the beginning uh his strongest <laughs> His most mature, uh, I would like to have his seen His high watermark. His high watermark. I would love to have seen him continue on this along path. this trajectory. Um, but he didn't. My, I want a production assistant named JB Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Dorkman. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with all of that. I think... Yeah, there you go. Sandy uh, Calora. Oh, there you go. I think it's as far as it goes, you know, I don't necessarily... I, I obviously now you know i don't necessarily agree with it on the level of it being kind of faith positive but if if you have to be faith positive i think this has the a really good message <laughs> for you about it um uh, you know about human you know but bringing humanity to it and and it that being more important than you know rules like, because because it's the rules that almost undo the universe in in this story you know and it's and it's people who save it um and yeah i wish we'd gotten more of these i wish we'd gotten more like you were saying um you know the movie he should have made was about it, it should have been the the story of of him and jay obviously fictionalized but um but kicking the habit but but yeah but more more about things that he was struggling with at the time and i think i feel like he has stopped doing that and he's just He's just doing stuff now. Yeah, you know, he used to make movies about things that were challenging him. Yeah, yeah, and now he's just now he's just making movies because he ran out of money and needs a, a new gig. You know, which yeah. he says openly is is why he basically does it now. But right, um, yeah, I I wish we'd see more of him kind of 
wrestling with ideas, but unfortunately, I think uh, this is as as good as it gets. No, this is dogma. <laughs> <laughs> Megan? Uh, I can't really add much more to that. I agree with both points. Uh, and uh, I just wanted to point out the fact that I just saw that the assistant chef is named Mike Cook. Ah. <laughs> and uh, that's it. <laughs> and this that's is all I have. What are you doing, <laughs> movie? On that note. <laughs> you cannot... Priest at... Look at that. At St. Stephen's with a little at symbol. Weird. Yeah. Hashtag cardinal. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag doing movie. You can always find more episodes at friendsinyourhead.com. Go to the forums. It's a wonderful community of people, all that stuff. Talk to us. Talk to the people. Twitter.com slash friends in your head. Facebook friends in your head. Friends in your head at gmail.com. Buy our shirts. Give us money. Hold and he'll design and maintain the website. And until next time, my name is Steve Christie. Brian Fittifter. Mike Mayhem. And this has been What Are You Doing, Movie? Good night, good night. No ticket. No ticket. <laughs> I still just remember that guy hopping off that golf cart, man. <laughs> Where the fuck is he going? <laughs> Where is he going? <laughs> Trendsinyourhead.com. <laughs>